Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fink. And we're back, man. Episode 164. Yes, sir. All right, man. Um, let's get right into it. Um, happy Mother's Day. We're recording this on Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. So shout out to all the moms out there. Yeah. And some of you guys are about to be new mommies. Mm-hmm. So uh, congratulations on mm-hmm. your, you know, your mom journey. <laughs> and oh, a special shout out to all the, you know, the super aunts out there. Some of you guys are having to take in other people's kids and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. So, you know, you're, we, we ain't forgot about you guys. We appreciate you. Yeah. And then even, you know, you're technically still a mom, but, you know, kid, uh, women out there that have adopted kids and right. like you said, taking on other people's kids. So that's like, that's almost more valiant of an effort than bringing in a, you know, a life of your own. So shout out to y'all. What about dog moms? <laughs> I guess you got to You got to You have to be a mom of, a, of an actual human being. I guess they be trying to take credit for that too. I'm yeah. sure some of them out there like Happy Mother's Day to me. Just me and my, uh, just me and little Paco right here. <laughs> you know, sit down somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know a lot of you dog lovers out there. It's all good. You know, that was, I, I don't know if anybody's gonna say Happy Mother's Day to you. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, somebody got to take care of them dogs or else they're going to be running around the street. Yeah. Running around out. the east side. Yeah. Shout out to the dog moms, but I'm not going to tell you happy mother. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are important figures in the world, but nah, not happy Mother's Day. Nah. Yeah, the dogs love you. Let the dogs tell you that. Arf! <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, let's get right into it, man. Um, I, as of recent, um, th- there's been a lot of these platforms popping up with these um, alpha male type figures, right? They, they basically have uh, these high value male type stances like the camp Kevin Samuels. Kevin, or, yes, Kevin yes. Samuels is probably the most popular one right mm-hmm. now. And then you got this young guy named Steph. Steph is cold. And you got other people that have these, these stances on, you know, women and whatnot, whatnot. But here's the thing, man. Thing about it is, I feel like there's some useful information, but a lot of these guys are full of shit. Oh, for sure. They, a lot of the stances they have are full of shit, and I, yeah. I, I think that, um, for example, before, we'll get right into this topic. But there's a sound clip that we're gonna insert, and it's probably one of the most ridiculous fucking things that I've heard. It's complete nonsense. We'll enter the clip right here. One of my chicks, I'd make her make me two coffees every morning. She'd make me two coffees, and one I would drink. And the other I wouldn't even drink. I'd just leave it to go cold. And she'd say, why do you maybe make you two coffees? The second one's just like an insult because you never drink it. You just make me make it because you want me to bring it to you, but you're not going to drink it. And I said, if someone broke into this house at night, I will die trying to protect you. That's my job. I will literally risk my life. If we're walking down the street and a guy tries to grab your ass, it's on. I have to risk my life against Mike Tyson, whoever he may be. He might be strapped. He might have anything. I have to risk my life to protect you. That's my job as a man. And you have a problem making a coffee? Mm. Does it matter if I drink it? Damn. Does it really matter? I like knowing that you do your job. If I need coffee, you're going to do it. And you get to know that if it goes, if it ever goes off, I will do my job as a man. Damn. And for, from you, all I ask for is two cups of coffee. It doesn't matter if I drink them. All right. And what you take from that clip is just this weird take. Where the guy is saying he makes his girl make him two coffees and he just lets that one sit there. 
because he knows like when somebody comes to the door and, you know, they can have a gun and I'm going to defend your life. So I just don't understand this extreme take. You're just wasting our fucking time. That, the, yeah. The, and the, the example is super extreme. This is fucking extreme. I feel like um, the, the likelihood of that happening is is it's possible that all those scenarios happen. Right. But it's like the likelihood of that happening for the amount of work that that woman has to go through is just some nonsense. It's stupid, man. <laughs> I think ultimately one of the main things, and this is not really mentioned most, I think a lot of these guys that have these platforms, not two things are true. I feel like some of the information is very useful for men, especially men that don't have a backbone, you know, to realize your value as a man. But I also think it's pretty fucked up because some of these dudes just blatantly don't respect women. Yeah, I think one of the things that makes you a man is actually respecting women. And the reason why it's important to respect women is because you can command respect. If I respect you and you don't do it back, I'm out the door. Mm -hmm. Okay, because you broke like that's the bargain. You better respect me because I respect you. Yeah. But some of these motherfuckers, they don't really seem like they respect women very much. Yeah. Sometimes Kevin Samuels is like, ma'am, ma'am, I'm talking. Don't cut me off while he also is cutting off every woman on the fucking show mm -hmm. so <laughs> it's really annoying man Some, uh, somebody mm -hmm. uh, i think it was on the brilliant idiots you might know but somebody somebody says something along the lines of and i wish i remember the quote exactly but they said something like there's a lot of dudes out here that love pussy but don't like women yeah that's true that's sad i don't know who said that but mm -hmm. it's kind of true Mm -hmm. And I think that it's a weak stance. You can't claim to, you know, you know, try to have these stances on what a high value man is and all of that. And at the same point, you really don't respect women. Mm -hmm. That has to be based any relation. Like, first of all, here's the thing. As men, we're expected to lead. And I, I'm pretty sure a lot of women will agree with that. Like mm -hmm. as a man, we're expected to lead. But in order to have integrity, you need to lead with respect. Mm hmm. Because if you don't lead with respect and you disrespecting your lady and she trip out on you, I mean, dog, you leading in a fucked up way. What do you expect? Mm -hmm. You know, but I mean, dog, you got her making unnecessary coffees every day. That's and stupid. It's so stupid. What it is, is you're insecure as a man. You're insecure as a man. So you feel like you need to keep your woman feeling inadequate in order to have control over her. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's no strength in that. Yeah. Like for the for the most part, if you doing your own shit, you making your own coffee and you doing your and you already doing what you do and she helps you, you'd be like, hey, I appreciate you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's power in that. Yeah. Cause your lady knows that you really respect what she does for you. Mm -hmm. That's not kissing a woman's ass. That's not pandering to women. That's that's not being weak. But because if you lead that way, you would it would you wouldn't want a woman wasting your fucking time. Yeah, no one wants her time wasted. Yeah, that's a waste of time. You got her making two coffees for no reason. What if what if she was having you do some bullshit every day? Mm -hmm. You'd be like, hey, why the fuck am I doing this? And then she'd be like, well, as a woman, I think that a man should do. I'd be like, if you don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think for me, like the thing that made me most mad about when I watch this, well, multiple things, but one of the things was just flipping the flipping the roles right like if i like you said if i was that man and my girl was like um maybe she was making me take out the trash twice or you know make, yeah. making me you know 
she was like, hey, can you go to the grocery store for me? And then I go to the grocery store. She's like, oops, I forgot something. Go to the grocery store again. And she, and then when I brought to, brought it to her, I was like, hey, man, like, I, I don't mind going to the grocery store, but why do I got to go two times? Like, why couldn't you just told me this the first time? And she was like, you can't complain to me because when you need a massage, when you, you need your dinner made, when you need, and I would just be like, yo, all of that is, that, yeah. that is, just dumb like we we talking about logic right now you know what i mean like i'm not gonna do i'm gonna do whatever you need me to do for the right. most part but don't just waste my time yeah that's because not cool. you know it's only 24 hours in a day and if we you know making multiple trips to a freaking grocery store or yeah. whatever it's just like it just it don't it don't make no sense if you're wasting my fucking time i'm gonna go to the store and never come back <laughs> <laughs> what happened to eddie i mean like he just went to the store <laughs> and like he never came back because <laughs> you wasted my fucking time that's why i never came back stupid that was funny yeah but, but yeah mm-hmm. but yeah i think it, it it is i think it's a trend in these uh in these kind of men and yeah i think i think above all these men are the type of men that are highly impressionable so right i feel like i don't know who the forefather of these super alpha quote-unquote alpha males are but you know it's probably somebody someday and then they kind of just consume that information like yo like you know what he's saying it has some merit to it you know if a girl if this if this is the type of relationship you want women should act like this and this and that and it's just like to me the the thing that uh, annoys me about it is it feels like these people aren't operating in the real world it feels like a guy like kevin samuels he has this ideal way of, you know, how his relationship should go, how women should act. But it doesn't really um, it doesn't really show that he actually ever listens to no. the opinions of women. Yeah. Um, and the guy is single. So, you right. know, and, 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 you know, we talked about it before, how you don't necessarily have to be a uh, um a father or a mother to have an opinion about raising kids or you don't necessarily have to be, you know, even if someone had advice for us as a podcaster or content creators, if the, if the advice is good, we're going to take it no matter what field you're yeah. in. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, a guy like Kevin Samuels, just me from ha- me having experience with just even, you know, my mom or my sisters or my aunts or, you know, even my own girlfriend, I can tell he's operating in a way where it's like, this is the end all be all. And if a woman doesn't adhere to the things that I'm trying to say, then she doesn't deserve to be in a relationship with me. But in reality, there's a lot of compromises that we have to have not only in romantic relationships, but also in friendships. You you can't, you can't be out here in the world. Like this is the, this is the way it's going to go. I tried it this other way and it doesn't work. So for now on, I'm operating like this. It's like, maybe you should try to like, you know, listen to to what women have and meet them somewhere in the middle. Right. I don't think all the things that women do um, in general, like, you know, when they're single prior to getting into a relationship is healthy for a romantic relationship, no. but vice versa. You know, us as right. men, we have a lot of um, unhealthy habits as far as, you know, things that are conducive to a great relationship. So what you should do is try to meet them somewhere in the middle. Right. But guys like this are like, yo, it's my way or the highway. And what happens too in those relationships, and you know, we had a conversation about how alpha males are like just that ideology is trash. Yeah. But um how um God dang, I forgot my point. But basically, you know, we we were we we had a a subtopic, you know, that we we, we never really got into, but we talked about it over the phone about how um just the alpha that alpha male mentality is is uh is just 
is trash. It's highly fabricated. Yeah. It, it's basically these platforms with it's regurgitated bullshit. There's uh-huh. a bunch of these guys that are popping up on on YouTube with these different messages. That's my point. So I'll let you finish. Oh, go ahead. You go. Oh, I, but I was saying like sometimes this whole alpha man mentality doesn't um, bode well for having a real queen by your side right, you know what i mean right, like right. if if we are you know victims of pop culture and we want to look up to jay-z and beyonce as far as like their business acumen or barack obama and michelle obama you know just looking at these type of relationships for like as as a model as to which you and your girlfriend or wife could be um you know your your girl maybe um owning a nail shop and you running a trucking business or right. whatever the case may be if you're this quote-unquote alpha male you're basically I'm not raising, but raising for lack of a lack of a better term. You're right. raising a, a a woman in a relationship who's just gonna be a housewife, right? And I, I, me personally, that's not what I want. I would want um, my partner to be my equal. And you know, like if it's if it comes to uh, purchasing a property or starting a business, it's like, yo, I got you know five thousand. She also got five thousand. Let's bust it down the middle, and we can be co-owners of this business. Yeah. Go get our business licenses, and you know, make it a successful business. But not like, hey, I run this, and you just stay at home and chill, and don't tell me nothing. Make me two cups of coffee, give me head every now and then, and we could be cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, it's. It what's fucked up, man, is these platforms. I think these platforms are perfect for fucking women. If you just want to fuck women, listen to these guys. You can get this, you get you can manipulate women into getting pussy all the time if that's mm-hmm. what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. But this is not good for actually having a real connection with a woman. Because you, what you have to learn is you have to I don't say be soft, but you have to learn how to be gentle with women. Yeah. Like if you actually have a woman you care about, you have to be vulnerable at times. You have to be you have to be an active listener. You know, you have to be able to uh, you be diplomatic at times. Like you can't just be the guy that's always running women. Mm-hmm. And with some of these platforms is they're trying to tell you to do this. But if you want to fuck an impressionable woman, you can do that. Listening to this information. A lot of this shit is not good for being if it is not good for a healthy relationship. Yeah. And the thing about it, man, um, we're not handing out a, a relationship advice, mm-hmm. but we're two guys that live in the real world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't. And he, what I will say about like a Kevin Samuels is he's equally <laughs> as fucked up to men as he is with women. And a mm-hmm. lot of it is needed. Women do need a stiff talking to a lot of times mm-hmm. because their head is up their ass on mm-hmm. a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. But he said to a man one day and it, it sucks, but like the real world is taking place and a lot of us have you know loved the, the you know loved the 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 the, the soft blow information mm-hmm. we get there was a dude that was like five foot seven or something and he was like 250 pounds mm-hmm. and and uh he worked at some job that wasn't paying a lot and and kevin samuels told this guy why would a woman want to be a part of your life mm-hmm. you don't you don't have anything interesting to offer a woman you know, and he said, you short and fat, pick a struggle. And it's like, that was a fucked up thing to say. But some people need to hear that. Yeah. Maybe that might motivate him to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Now, some people probably listen and are like, no, you shouldn't talk mean to people like that. But honestly, most people don't see a problem with their situation. So they just stay in it. Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't agree with a lot of the shit the guy says. I agree with some of the shit. Some of the shit I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. 
You know? I don't even know where people get these mind these extreme mindsets from. They get it. They <clears throat> get it because they love to hear themselves talk. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds like uh, it's not it's not hypocritical because me and Keith we got are on a, a podcast. podcast. <laughs> but I, I think that what we do on here is we don't like to regurgitate or act like professionals. We're just yeah. two guys on a podcast giving our opinions. Yeah. And I also say, hey, take it or leave it. Hey, go to Google. Go fact check me. I may not be right about this. I preface statements. I don't make it like I'm a fucking genius. I'm not. Yeah. I'm a 36-year-old truck driver. Yeah. What the fuck do I know? I know some shit about some shit, but not a, not a bunch of other shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just interesting like these these like you know, like I was saying before these dudes are so extreme. Yeah, they're super extreme. Yeah, it's just like, yo, I I I want and I don't know if this person is out there um in this same space. Right. But a person that is like um that's not full of themselves. Like right. this this same advice but from a humble standpoint. Right, right. Like right. hey, you know, this may be what you want to do in a relationship, but in reality, if you want your girl not to be, uh, not to hate you or not to be sad all the time by the things you say, this is what you should do. Yeah. Kind of thing. There's a certain amount of, there's, uh, there's some things that I do agree with. There was one guy that had like this alpha male page or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was, I just, I just scrolling through it, listening. He said something that made sense. He said there should be a certain, there's a healthy amount of fear that should exist in relationships because you should be afraid to lose one another. Yeah. I thought that was true. Mm-hmm. And I think that in order for you to work yourself in that position as a man, you have to actually have value. Mm-hmm. You can't be some dude out here trying to be an alpha male and you don't have anything that's worth interest. Mm-hmm. You know, how you treat a woman, you know, how you respect them. Do you care about giving her sexual pleasure? It's some dudes out here that's just busting nuts. They're not going down on women or nothing. Yeah. Like there's certain respects and things that you should have towards women if you want that reception from them. Yeah. You can't just be out here being a dictator of things. Yeah, yeah. It's facts. not it's not how the world it's not how the yeah. real world works. Yeah. You we know? don't need no more Adolf Hitlers out here. No, nah, we don't need no more of them. Oh she not snowing. <laughs> it's crazy. Did, did you know that Hitler created Wiener Schnitzel? Did you know that? <laughs> no, nah, I didn't know that. Yeah, Is I'm that fuck, real? No, nah, I'm like, fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, if you don't say you playing somebody, be like, I was listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast and he said that Hitler created Wiener Schnitzel. I'm People. never going to Wiener Schnitzel again. <laughs> People really be quoting like misinformation a lot. Oh, dude, it's gonna get bad. It, it, especially mm-hmm. where we expect the platform to go. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be like on episode one sixty four. Eddie said that Hitler created Wiener Snitzel. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag ban Wiener Snitzel. <laughs> hashtag no more. Hashtag no more Wieners. <laughs> That's wild, man. Oh, I, th- I think the um, this idea of I think we I think just the same way that women get feminism wrong like how there's real wars within feminism like you know there's a conservative feminism there's probably a black woman feminism there's a feminism that is primarily with the lgbt community right right, right. nine i think that's the same way with um with like alpha males because i don't send it up i don't consider myself i don't want to put my label uh label myself as an alpha male but i'm not this passive person that's just flowing through life 100 percent. so I'm not no freaking uh, jellyfish or something like that. Nah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
but I think I related to sports because, you know, guys like Skip Bayless and all these other hot take guys like Stephen A. Smith and uh, Max Kellerman, they be on these sports uh, programs. Like right. a guy like Kawhi Leonard is not an alpha uh, athlete. Like, he can't win up. a championship. You know, he doesn't have the the Michael Jordan, the goat gene and all this. Yeah, Meanwhile, LeBron got four chips. This nigga Steph Curry got like what, four, three championships or whatever. Kawhi Leonard got uh, two championships. And these are all guys that when you look at them on the surface, they don't have that rah-rah mentality, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that I embody, I embody the qualities of uh, of two different types of men. And mm-hmm. I, I like as far as having, I guess, alpha traits, I guess I have some of those, but I also have very beta traits. And the mm-hmm. reason why I have beta and alpha traits are because some of the beta traits will actually help you attract a solid woman, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the alpha traits are basically there to for you to have integrity and have a backbone. Mm-hmm. So there are some men that go 100% alpha and they become so hard that they can't even have a woman in their life. They have multiple women in, in and out of their lives because they treat them like shit. Yeah. Right. Whereas me, I've been the guy back in the past that, you know, um, was trying to be super nice to the wrong women and getting rejected too from much me. beta too much beta just mm-hmm. a fucking just pushover mm-hmm. and then as you grow as a man you learn it like yo i'm giving all this good energy to straight raggedy ass women yeah. right but it was my fault it's not their fault mm-hmm. they were in a place at their at, at that time where they were going in that direction but as me i had to grow from that and learn like hey I, you know, I'm not going to ever allow this shit to happen again. Yeah. And I think with there's a certain amount of respect and softness that I have, but I'm also very direct. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I'm very direct. I'm I'm very short ended on stuff. I'm not going to kiss your fucking ass. I am mm. not going to tell you what you want to hear. If you want to hear that, go to some other dude. That ain't happening over here. Yeah. The but, only ass uh, Eddie said he will ever kiss is J-Lo's. So that's not true. You said that. There's a couple more asses. I would <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But there's that, man. Mm-hmm. Um, take from that conversation what you will. Switching gears. Uh, K. Michelle recently had a butt implants deflated during a live stream. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fucked up. Uh, this happened in earlier in the year. I think it was in February. Let me go to the article right now for K. Michelle. Okay. K. Michelle's butt implants deflate during live session makes Twitterati go SMH. Uh, K. Michelle took her took to took to her IG and went live on February 23rd, 2021. However, during her live session, the singer danced and twerked when her butt implants deflated. Popular singer K. Michelle took to her official Instagram handle on February 23rd and had a live interaction with her fans and followers. However, during the course of the session, the singer landed in an embarrassing situation in a live session video. K. Michelle can be seen twerking and performing to the tunes of Cardi B's Up, but her butt implants seem to have deflated. The singer... Her butt implants was going down while Cardi yeah. B was singing and up. It's up. And it's up, 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 and her ass just fell down. <laughs> Uh, the singer was trying to cover up by holding her 
her sunken butt in place. The sunken butt? <laughs> yeah. The video came Michelle can be seen donning a tight black dress during the interactive session as she dances and shows off her moves by twerking. She suddenly stops after realizing that her butt implant has deflated. However, the singer continues to show off some moves before ending the live session. The live session video has now taken over the internet. Several fans took to their respective Twitter handles and even tried making memes on K. Michelle's butt burst. A user created a meme while sharing a gif of a car trying to roll out another one wrote that the singer needs to chill on the surgery have a lot have a have a look at other few re, uh, reactions okay here's my um here's my thing man on this whole situation and i, I want to speak specifically to the women right this may sound a little harsh but y'all need to stop with this cosmetic surgery you need to fucking stop there is a lot of women that are on social media that are have these huge platforms, but they have fake bodies and you compare your body to them and you start to feel insecure about your own situation. OK, and then you go out and get these lips and you get your ass and the and, and everything else you get. And it's, it's not based on you wanting it. Here's the difference. If you wanted a butt injection because your booty was so flat and you've had these insecurities since you were like 15 years old. It's a little bit different, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Maybe you did it because you would wanted to do it for you. But if your influence comes from looking at social media, don't do it. There are too many women that I know on a personal level, lips, ass, all kind of shit getting done now. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And I've never seen a lip job that looked decent. Most women get the lip job. You know they got their lips done. It's crazy. All I, look, all I'm going to say is this. And some women going to kill me for saying it. But you are okay. You are okay exactly how the fuck you are. And the man that is meant for you will be okay with that. Yeah. Period. Stop mm -hmm. looking at these fucking women that's faking it on a platform. You know how many people fake having money? You know how many motherfuckers fake being happy? It's a woman with a cut up body and fake everything. But she hates her life. Yeah. And you following her thinking she's happy. Mm -hmm. And now you doing cosmetic surgery because you think that's going to make you a cool Instagram chick. Like, stop it. Yeah. The only thing that I, I could relate, like, um, uh, I guess a comparison for me, just to kind of bring it to myself and under, to try to understand it is like money. Right. Um, so for me, I, I, I never really equated money to happiness but it, I kind of had, um, I kind of understood the dynamic of it a little more this year, right? Right. So sometimes when you're a kid and you're just a poor kid growing up, you're like, man, <clears throat> if I if I was, especially we watching hip hop and you we watching, I remember I you know look used to look up to like guys like Lil Bow Wow as a kid and he was rapping and stuff like that and you see like MTV Cribs and all the music videos and stuff. He like, yo, this dude, he got it. You know what I mean? He only a little bit older than me and he out here balling. He got Maseratis and all, the whole nine. Right. So, you know, in this uh, and like last year and this year, I started coming across more money just, right. you know, just from out here doing music videos and, and different stuff like that. And I realized like it 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 didn't do much for me. No. It didn't move me in any kind of way. No. Like I had a certain goal like, hey, I want to save this amount of money. I right. want to put this much in my stock portfolio. Excuse me. And then when I when I attained it, it it, it just didn't it no. didn't make me feel happy. It didn't no. make me feel sad. It was just completely neutral. 
Man, money only <clears throat> it only alleviates monetary things, uh-huh. not the shit that's deep in your fucking soul. Yeah. The shit that's deep in your soul cannot be fixed by money. It cannot be fixed by cosmetic surgery. Yeah. At all. Yeah. So don't be fooled by these people driving around in Bentleys and Maseratis and fake asses and lips mm-hmm. and titties and everything's fake. Mm-hmm. Don't be fooled by it. Because yeah. a lot of it is, it's they're projecting insecurities. Think about this though, like the you know, and you know, I was you kind of completed my point. But think about this: those women that do get um, those butt surgeries, lip surgery, right. whatever surgeries, um, oftentimes when they post pictures, what do they do still? They still put filters over those pictures, right? So it's like you went, you paid thousands of, you know, you know, two thousand three. I don't know how much these surgeries be costing, but you pay thousands of dollars to get something only to still try to yeah. compensate for whatever insecurity you have. And the, I think the most important thing you said was somebody is going to appreciate you for what you got. One hundred percent. It's a lot of women with a cups, flat booties, married kids, right. have you know happy relationships. Um, so. As and we are two men talking that have you know have our fair share of <clears throat> being a man. I guess I don't want to you know put too much out there, but right, right. and a variety of different shades 100%, 100%. and types, body types, and all that. And it's just like you just appreciate. Um, first of all, like I feel like a lot of men aren't as uh, surface level as we are made out to be. Right. Obviously we, you know, when we're watching movies or we have a celebrity crush or something like that, and that looks cool. But I think when it comes to our real life, we, yeah. we tend to uh, lean more towards, um, and these are kind of, I'm telling you this based off of conversations I'm having with the people around me. It's yeah. like, you know, we, we're not so infatuated with a big butt or some big titties. Cause we, we know that that's not real substance. We no. know that that's just like, yo, that's, that's, that's it out there. Right. It's cool to look at on the TV. It's cool to look at when you're scrolling through Instagram. Yeah, but this is the real world. But the, in the real world, I, you're going to take something home that has some real substance, somebody that's smart, somebody that's, um, you know, that can, you can bounce ideas off somebody you can laugh with. It's much more than um, all the, the plastic surgery and Bro, stuff. Bro, but between porn and social media, those two things as a collaborative are destroying the human mind and how the human mind works. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, unless you look at porn from a, what do you call it? Like a, a, a recreational standpoint, mm-hmm. like you watch porn here and there. Okay, fine. But when people get locked into watching that shit, mm-hmm. that can ruin somebody. That could ruin people because mm-hmm. the shit that's on porn is not normal. Yeah. It ain't normal to walk people around. Don't, it, mm-hmm. Not only the aesthetic, but right. the way they're having sex. That's not normal. It's not even, that's not even how it goes. No. It's just like... Um, you don't have sex inside of a washing machine? Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just like it's, and you hear like the, you know, you hear like different porn uh, stars or adult film, whatever. They don't even like they, it. Yeah, exactly. They describe it and they're like, oh, it's uncomfortable. It's lights in there. It's it's just a, it's a it's a whole thing. So like the average person is not driving around having sex in the back of a fucking van. In a van, yeah, yeah. They're not fucking. Or just the, picking up a random girl. Yeah, you're not you're not driving around in a big van picking up random girls from Oildale mm-hmm. and Rosedale <laughs> and um, Delano and Lamont <laughs> and McFarland. <laughs> you're not driving around fucking random women in a van. Yeah. So th- these just these whole things are destroying 
It's destroying people. Not not to mention that, like you said, a lot of that is production. It's yeah. a real production. They make yeah. it seem like, hey, we just pick up this random woman, but just, you know, me like uh, just doing a deep dive or, you know, just understanding how the film industry works. Right. If you have a, a platform as big as Bang Bros right. and you're probably filming in, I don't know if they film in L.A. or some, somewhere, yeah. probably most likely like L.A. area or something like that. Uh-huh. There's no way you can film a porn without uh, a permit like that, right. especially that they have one of the biggest platforms when it comes to porn. Yep. And you're not out here having millions and millions of views on your website right. and you're doing this illegal filming of porn. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's no way, and <clears throat> not not just that because I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent. Mm-hmm. Just like the shit that you see on certain platforms, you have to be able to decipher between what's real, what's bullshit, and what's like this shit is just like some of it is just satire. Yeah, like we're not supposed to be doing this. You're my stepmom. We shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, some weird stuff. There's some weird. It's like some <laughs> weird incest shit. Yeah. It's some somebody somewhere that probably really believes that somebody is fucking his stepmom. Yeah. That probably really happened before though. The stepmom? That probably really happened before. Yeah. You are so much bigger than your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that article with the t- the twins and they was dating the same dude? Oh, that's so fucking that's weird. So weird. Just looking at them oh. like, it made my stomach turn. Yeah, that they had a, a lot weird. of cosmetic surgery too. Yeah. It's weirdo vibes. Look, I got two words, ladies. I'm talking specifically to you. I got two words that will totally scare you away from any more cosmetic surgery. Lil Kim. Lil Kim turned into a fucking cat. I don't know what happened. I, I always point back to this, like you know that J Cole song "Love Yours," but it, it you know the older I get, the more I appreciate that appreciate that song because. What I realized about, you know, kind of referencing Little Kim, um, when does it end? Right. So if you're a person that's like, you know, I wish I had, uh, you know, a bigger butt. And then um, you get a bigger butt. Then you'd be like, well, my titties is kind of small, too. You want bigger titties. Right. Then you're like, uh, I always kind of like. You know, my nose I always kind of like looked a little funky. Let me do that. Right. And then I, um, I'm kind of dark, so let me just you know what I'm saying. Let up. me like. It's just like it just keeps Never going stops. and going and going. So that's why it's so important for us to just appreciate right. whether it's your partner, whether it's yourself, mm-hmm. whether it's your family, anything. We just got to learn to uh, love and appreciate the stuff that we naturally have. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And another thing too, I think that <clears throat> that with women, the way that they. Um, the way that they basically take in certain information that generates these insecurities is just coming at them a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Like the, the women that they follow that they'd be like, Oh my God, that's body goals. Like I seen, I see a lot of women sharing that. And I'm like, yo, you need to stop it because mm-hmm. it's like body goals or relationship goals. And then it's also, um, some super, whatever, whatever, whoever it is. And they like in the photo, but their boyfriends are liking those photos. Mm-hmm. So now they're like, oh, well, my boyfriend likes. He likes like, that. He yeah. likes that. Like mm-hmm. he he likes women like that. Truthfully, a lot of men will stick their dick in anything. Men are the wrong. Don't ever use men as a metric for what's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Just don't. Because mm-hmm. men have, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. But mm-hmm. a lot of men would fuck a chick with a whole cosmetic surgery body. Yeah. You know what I mean? But. Mm-hmm. We know as men and as human beings that women don't look like that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly fine. Like, you know, it's crazy. Like, 
not to cut you off, but mm-hmm. I, I remember because um, I used to just be so infatuated with like hip hop and, and rappers coming up because I was just like, man, I, I want to be like that. Right. Right. So I remember seeing like Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube. Um, what's another one? Probably like primarily like Snoop Dogg and Ice Cube. And then you'll see like them with their wives or whatever on uh right. like on cribs or on uh, you know, an interview or something like that. Yeah. And I would be like, yo, like they wife look real regular right. compared to like the women in the music videos. Right. Right. And you know, I didn't I didn't understand that at the time. And, you know, probably at the time I'd be like, Ugh, she she not she don't look that attractive. Like she why would you, you know, be in a relationship with her or whatever? But then I realized like that's probably the one that's holding them down. That's probably the right. one that's the real that's the one that's taking care of their kids when they out on the road and stuff yeah. like that. And that's probably the one that, that they that uh loved them prior to them being multi platinum recording Snoop artists. Snoop Dogg's wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Snoop mm-hmm. and uh, Ice Cube. <clears throat> but here's the thing too. I remember um uh Joe Rogan had this conversation on his podcast a long time ago and it really like made me really think because it was very true. He said that there's a difference between hot and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. He said that a woman that's hot is the one that's got these big old breasts and nice legs and like hair and her makeup's all on. She just looks fucking hot and beautiful is different. Beautiful is like soft and, you know, she's got, you know, just a great personality. Yeah. And she also is pretty from the surface, but it's just different. There is a difference between beauty and hot. Mm-hmm. There are too many women trying to be hot. Yeah. And they're getting lost and hot. Mm-hmm. And they want to be hot girls and they want to be hot this and this all that shit is unnecessary. Getting lost that, in the sauce. You're getting lost in that shit. That's not who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. That's not just because it's working for Meg Thee Stallion, she's trying to sell records. Mm-hmm. But it there are literally regular everyday women that replicate the behaviors of these big platform chicks. Like I can who's another big one? Like Kaylani is a, is one. She's a singer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she got all the ink on and she'll post a picture like, oh, my God, that's body goals right there. Like she insecure about her, her, about her body. I'm not saying she's insecure about hers, but you just see a bunch of women. Oh, girls saying that they. Oh, my uh, God, you're flawless. Oh, oh, I got you. You're this. And it's like, yo, stop looking at people saying that you Mm -hmm. don't know their life. Mm -hmm. You're looking at the surface of a person Mm -hmm. and making a whole assumption of the person's life. Mm-hmm. Like if I see a dude driving down the street in a Maserati, I'm not gonna be like, "Yo, he is living the life." I don't know what the fuck is going on with that guy. I I, I would I would just hope like, um, because me I've been around different artists like you know, people with blue checks, right. hundred thousand, two hundred thousand followers, whatever. Um, and I would just want to tell like all the people out there. It's not always what it looks like on Instagram. Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen, you know, many, uh, like there's, I'm not going to say no names, but there's an artist that we uh, made a music video for. And I wasn't familiar with who the person was prior to getting there. So like when we put up, they were like, oh, this is this person. And I was like, oh, let me just check, see what's going on, like who this person is. Right. So you scroll through the Instagram and you're like, oh, OK, this is, you know, this is, you know, typical Instagram with the, the butt out and, you know, the nice pictures and whatever skimpy clothes and whatnot and then you see him in person you're like oh okay this is just this is regular it ain't yeah it ain't like it it ain't like it is on instagram right it's just like i I would just hope like 
for people out there that's aspiring to be like something, like you're aspiring to be like something that's that's not real. Right. Yeah. Be yourself. Please. Please be yourself. Instagram has made so many women insecure that they can't even post a photo without putting a fucking filter on it. Insecure gram. Man, it's yeah, insecure gram. It, it's, it's IG stand for two things. <laughs> insecure gram and uh, instant gratification. Yeah. Like, folks, take take away from this conversation what you will. But I will say this. Don't you ever mistake the surface as the core. Mm-hmm. Stop mistaking the surface as the core. Because mm-hmm. me, I look like this. Yeah. I'm going to look like this the rest of my fucking life. Mm-hmm. I'm not insecure about that. Mm-hmm. Can there be some upgrades? Of course. Mm-hmm. But I'm not willing to motherfucking tell the surgeon, go to the doctor and say, hey, I need you to cut my whole face off and replace it and make it look like Michael B. Jordan's. Right. Because I know that's never going to fucking happen. Right, yeah. And I don't want to look like Michael B. Jordan. Handsome guy. But I don't want to look like Michael B. Jordan. You want to look like yourself. I want to look like myself. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I only... And, and it's just... we. Look, I don't want to regurgitate all of the same points, but what I will end this conversation with is this. Please stop mistaking the surface as the core, because if you look at Kay Michelle and she's got all this cosmetic surgery, she's dancing and displaying this fake confidence and her butt falls off. Yeah. That's the thing that I was saying like the other time at the uh, at the wedding. It was alarming to me the rate in which I was seeing women with uh, butt implants. It's and, a lot know, more now. It's a lot. Stop it, it. And a lot of it, like, you know, I was driving down the street, going to um, going to the office, and it was a girl that had a big booty, but it looked like a diaper. And then when I was yeah. at the wedding, I probably seen, it was only maybe, uh, I would say like 60 people there, maybe like 70 people. Right. It was probably three, three of them, three or four of them with yeah. fake booties. And the thing about it, if you only take away from this conversation, like I'm so tired of men mansplaining and telling us what to do with our bodies, you're not fucking listening. Mm-hmm. You're not active listening. This is two men that actually respect women. Mm-hmm. And we seeing you cutting your bodies up because of what Instagram is trying to get you to believe. We're trying to tell you that you are enough. That's yeah. the that's the message we're trying to get across. Because it never ends. It never ends. It's yeah. going to be more and more shit. You're going to have lips, ass, titties, face. What's next? Leg implants to make your butt look equal to the make your legs look equal to the fake butt that you slapped on it. Yeah. Because a lot of girls getting these butt implants and their legs aren't equal to the butt. <laughs> this is I'm completely going on a tangent here. But when you just said that right now, it low-key sounded like a song from the early 2000s. What's that? Lips, ass, titties, face. Hey, lips, ass, titties, face. <laughs> to the left. <laughs> Take it, it back, back now, now y'all. <laughs> One hop this time. Fake ass this time. Slide to the left. Damn. Slide to the right. Damn. Crisscross. Everybody clap your hand. Have you ever seen that? Like somebody be like, it's like a meme that I've seen a couple of times. It'd be like, everybody clap your hands, and then the girl's just bouncing her butt. Oh she's my god, her butt! <laughs> like it's annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just it's crazy the over sexualization. Mm-hmm. You know, I love women. I love women's bodies, man. But it's just like I deleted so many people that put that sexual shit on IG. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just rotting your fucking brain out, man. Mm-hmm. It if all you look at if 
all day long. That was what that used to be on my timeline. Just women, women, women shaking, twerking, ass out, thongs out, mm-hmm. fake uh, the IG fitness models, ass cheeks out, fake booty models. pictures up and down. It's like stop. It's just some too girls, much. Some of the girls don't even have regular pictures on the Instagram. No regular it's pictures. Just like pictures with them. With, but they butt showing, but they face like turned around. One of the funniest memes I've seen, it was recent. And it was a picture. It just shows how ridiculous social media has gotten. And it was a picture of this chick that was sitting on the counter with her ass out. And then uh, the caption that she wrote said, I got to stay strong for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> this shit had absolutely nothing to do with the kids. That's how it be, man. It's crazy. Just looking for any excuse to expose yourself, man. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is, man. I don't say this is a perfect man. I got things to work on on my own. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm making this making this these statements or whatever from just from what I'm seeing. But yeah, we're not gonna. St- we're gonna- I think you know to kind of end it and like kind of going back to that song I have, the mm-hmm. J Cole song "Love Yours." I think one day, um, it's gonna be years from now. Like we're gonna appreciate that song and also smile, uh, crooked smile, yeah. a lot more. Cause it's like the stuff he's saying. It's not. It's not trendy. It's not. It's not popular. It's not something that's gonna be played in the club. But when you really sit down, look at yourself in the mirror, you'd be like, "Yo, like mm-hmm. the things he was saying." I'm gonna keep my smile, crooked mm-hmm. smile. We can style on him. All that. Um, it's super important for uh for especially younger kids to to hear that message. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely. Um, and also beware of the captions <clears throat> you read on these photos. It'll be whatever influencer and it'll be a woman because women run Instagram mm-hmm. without without women posting any of those photos that that platform would be dead yeah but it'll be whatever female platform mm-hmm. and she'll post the caption uh ladies wear your crown be confident blah 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 just the typical shit that you see yeah. and the same woman that's telling you that has chopped her body up in 30 fucking different ways and she's telling you and she has a filter and the photo has been photoshopped but she's trying to tell you how to be confident be careful who the fuck you're following on there because they will lead you into a dark place switching gears (laughs) um the cold-blooded truth um i thought about this and me and keith talked about it while i was on the truck just about how um, the cold-blooded truth is important because that's what actually propels us to get out of our own way. But I think we live in a society where um, we've appropriated a lot of things that are not really good just based on the fact that we don't want to do the work. Um, there was a study saying that, you know, the dad bod, a dad bod was like the preferred body in a man. Right. And I thought that was a lie. The same thing is, is, they, is, you know, now we have this whole body acceptance movement and, you know, you know, people basically being overweight and then saying, oh, you're fat shaming me or mm-hmm. or people appropriating alcoholism and they're on the Internet every chance they get drinking drunk and they drunk and, you know, posting all this shit. But here's the problem. Right. The perspective I want to give is a very realistic one. Um, I, my teammate died of a heart attack at 35 and I watched his kids at the funeral crying because their dad was in a casket. But then I go to social media and they say the number one body is a big man or a dad bod. Mm-hmm. It is horrible to be overweight. Mm-hmm. 
I am working actively now to drop weight. Okay. Am I morbidly obese? No, but I'm still losing weight because it's important for my health. Mm -hmm. Right. But then I watch people appropriate eating all these donuts and eat what you want and, you know, plus size this and that. By the way, I think I like all types of women. I think plus size women or thick women or skinny women, they're, they're all beautiful to me. But let's be very clear. Being overweight is not healthy. Mm -hmm. Blood pressure, diabetes, heart attack, heart disease. Stop appropriating shit that ain't right. Stop appropriating alcoholism. I know someone also who died from alcoholism. I know alcoholics actively now. The cold hard truth is we appropriate the wrong shit because it's the norm when it shouldn't be. Period. Yeah. I, I think for me, I, I really don't understand it. You know, your, yours, I think you always lean towards... Um, the um the health conscious part of it you know you right. even tell me uh I mean, you've been telling me for a while like hey you'll t you'll hit me with a text like hey bro you should really start working out get your blood flowing and you know all kind of stuff like that right. um and for me it's always been the alcoholism thing because that's what i have like traumatic experiences associated with alcoholism right. so like the other day i was at this uh this dinner and um and uh, it was a bunch of people around and they were telling like the, the drunk alcohol, you know, the drunk stories like, hey, you know, man, I, was, I blacked out this time. And everybody's like, ha, 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 ha. And just like right. laughing it's about laughing it. About it. It's, it's not funny to me at all. And even, you know, even with my girl, she was she was sometimes she'll try to like in like entertain those type of conversations. And I told I told her and, you know, kind of going to that cold hearted truth or whatever. I'm like, yo, I don't want to hear that. That's not funny to me. Right. Like you could save that for your friends or whomever, but that's not um, that's not the type of uh, entertainment or that's not funny to me at all, because I already have my grandma uh, pancreas failed. She passed away. My uncle died right. indirectly from alcoholism, alcoholism. right? Um, or directly from alcoholism and countless other people in my family that are like actively dealing with right. uh, being alcoholics. So it's I, I don't get it. Like you said, just, you know, people having these powwows and um, having these conversations. And what happens, too, is that um, a lot of these people are um, what they call it, like laugh at my pain. Right. Yeah. So a lot of people. They are so in it that they don't really realize how detrimental it is to them. Right. So right. I know people, and like I said, my, my grandma, my grandma, when we were um, in elementary school, she was she worked in the the IMC, which is an instructional material center. Basically, she, basically she handled all of the like. So if a teacher needed to print off, uh, you know, fifty sheets of paper for a test or for you know some sort of science project or something. Um, they would, I don't know how they would communicate, but they would go over to her and they'd be like, you know, sometimes I would have to take the thing over to her myself. Like, Hey, to go tell your grandma that we need 50 copies of this or whatever. So she'll print it out or, you know, she just handling, you know, the orders right. as, as far as the school goes. Right. But when my grand, and you don't realize this at the time, you're just a little kid, my grandma and me and my cousin and, and my little brother, we would, um, we would go to we would we lived with her right so sometimes we would uh go to school with her in the car right and um she would stop at mr like if you live in bakersfield mm -hmm. she would stop at mr fast mm -hmm. she would get a 10 high 
she would water it. She would pour some water in the cup and then she would pour the tin high in the cup. She had the same. It was like a pink. It was like one of them old school, uh, you know, like reusable um, yeah. cups with the straws on them or whatever. Right, right. Um, the freaking straw was stained with lipstick because she would drink out of it so much, right? She right. would pour the tin high, pour the water in there, and then she would take it to school. And oh, she would man. drink in that school all day long. Oh my! And you don't, you as a kid, you don't really, you don't, you know what's going on, but you don't really put two, two and two together, right? right? So it's not until I get become an adult where I'm 19 years old and she's on her taking her last breaths or you know she's really bedridden because she she essentially drank herself to death that you really realize like all that all those years of putting wear and tear on her body of just abuse. came yeah it came to a conclusion so yeah. basically i say that to say like i see those patterns in those same people right. that we're talking about right like those same those same people that i was sitting around that thing with and they're having these conversations about uh you know, oh man, I blacked out this one time and you know, it's so funny. I, you know, I gotta have this. I gotta have my wine, gotta have this. I'm like, I care for these people. This is why I'm actually having this conversation, but I care for these people. And it just saddens me that like, like I was saying, they're like masking their pain with a casual conversation um, about, you know, alcoholism, right? right. And to me, like <clears throat> it, basically saying like, I know two people that passed away from it. Right. Imagine having that conversation with those two people. Right. Like, you know, you know, if we could have like this out of body experience or talk to people that have transitioned or whatever, and you're just like, yep, got to have my wine and this and this and that. I'm sure they, I, they, they would be like, yo, you tripping. Yeah, like I'm if sure I could take have. it all back, I would have never taken that first drink ever. Yeah. I'm sure they have a totally different yeah. vantage point mm -hmm. at this time. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's just like, it's the world is just I don't know. It's just really strange. And the thing is, fuck my feelings. Right. I have the way I feel about things. Keith has the way we feel about something. But fuck our feelings. Let's just go to the cold, hard facts. The cold, hard facts is there are no benefits to being an alcoholic. None. There are no benefits to being obese. None. Stop celebrating failure. That is failure. When you get on social media or you're doing whatever and you always have to be drunk all the time. What are you running away from? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. If you are eating yourself into a slumber and you like, well, you only live once. You're only 20 something years old. You want to live your best years of your life being overweight? Seriously, let's think about this now. Yeah. You only young once. So, so from the age of like, I don't know, from the age of 14, 15, all the way to like into your 30s, probably. That's where you're still young. Once you get into your 40s, now you're getting a little bit over the hill. Yeah. So you mean in between that time, you've completely made it okay to be fat? Yeah. You should be thriving in that time. Mm -hmm. And this is not the fat shame. This is to be 100. Because mm -hmm. I'm actively in the fight losing weight. I did 63 minutes on the stair climber plus weights yesterday. Mm -hmm. I did 40 minutes today plus weights. Mm -hmm. So I'm actively in the fight to better myself. Mm-hmm. I've lost a bunch of weight before. I've been lean before. I know how good it feels to wear uh, certain clothes and put certain things on and how good your confidence is. The, doing the right things in life, and, and I don't want to say doing the right thing is subjective. Actively working on your body to lose weight is a right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Not being an alcoholic is the right thing to do. I don't think these are arguable points. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just honestly think we live in a world of people that don't want to do the fucking work, so they appropriate all the shit that that they basically can't overcome. Mm-hmm. They can't overcome alcoholism, so they appropriate it. Oh, it's whoop de doo. I just like to have a drink. I just like to have a drink, and you just had thirty fucking drinks. <laughs> Yeah. Or whoop de doo I just like to get my eat on, but yeah. you just had four fucking whoppers. Yeah. So, like, cut the bullshit. Stop lying to yourself. I, th- I think, you know, a point that you made uh, a while back, um, not everyone is afforded the luxuries that someone else has, right? So there's probably a person that drinks every day of his life. He's probably 90 years old, and it, it doesn't affect him at all, right? right. And he lived a you know, lived a long, good life. They right? use that one person as an example. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying like that—that that wasn't even my point. But right, that—that's right, right. tr- true. But what I'm saying is that a person like Chad Johnson, right? Um, yeah. He was a person that he, he openly ate at McDonald's, you know, pretty much all the time. You know what I mean? He's probably still got a six pack to this day. Mm-hmm. But we can't look at Chad Johnson. We can't look at the 90 year old person as an alcoholic as the, as the example, because we have to cater our lives to ourselves. There you go. So for me, I know that I come from a lineage of alcoholics, right? Um, a plethora of alcoholics, (laughs) astronomical alcoholics. (laughs) So I'm not drinking alcohol at all. If you see me with alcohol in my hand, it would, you know, it would probably be the end of the world. Right. Um, but, same for the the weight gain and stuff like that. It's somebody for me. Um, I do I do work out. Um, you know, a few times a week. I'm not as consistent as Eddie probably is, but I, I'm still actively working on that because right. although I'm not I'm not uh, I don't have like a dad bod or anything like that. I'm still not in the the type of shape and not even the sh- the phys- the physical like the physical look, but just how mm. how I want to feel. Right, you know right, what I mean? right, right. I'm still not in that uh, that type of shape, but Eddie can't, Eddie can't consume the type of food that I consume. So he, 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 he gets meal preps and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And it's, it sounds funny, but at the same time, it's like, yeah. you know, if, if Eddie was like, well, Keith can eat a hamburger oh, and he dude. can do this and, you know, uh, you know, just go to sleep or whatever. Um, you know, I, if I can do it too, but that's, that's just not how the world works. So we exactly. got to start to think about how, um, we got to like sort of like create systems or cater these um, to our, cater yeah, to the us. way that we move to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a great point that Keith made it with the food thing, because mm-hmm. honestly, it's not that just Keith is. Oh, Keith always eats like shit 24 mm-hmm. seven. Mm-hmm. But he more or less will do things I can't get away with. He has the genetic makeup and the metabolism mm-hmm. that allows him to get away with the, with some stuff. Mm-hmm. With me, if I ate like that on a consistent basis, I'd be 350 fucking pounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I also work a sedentary job, so I can't get away with not working out. I have to. And mm-hmm. I'm still a big guy, mm-hmm. right? Um, but my thing is, is, is to cater my health and everything around me and my genetics. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just very important to do that. Don't look at the alcoholic that's 75 years old and say, hey, that guy's been drinking since he was 14 and he's fine. It's like, well, he's not fine because he's actually an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, And also he just hasn't died from drinking. He might have a stronger liver than the average person. Maybe he has a titanium liver. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. 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 We have to. We have to. This is just something that for everyone to think about. Mm -hmm. I just want all of the people that listen to this podcast. 
I want you to not take things like this personally. But actually, no, I do want you to take it personally. I want you to take it personally and apply it to your life individually. Yeah. And I'm calling you out. Not because I'm judging you, but I'm calling you out because I know nobody else is. Nobody else is telling you that you're overweight. Nobody else is telling you that you're alcohol- that you're an alcoholic. No one else is telling you that, no, it's not okay to have dad bods and be overweight. And, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you this while not being in tip-top shape mm-hmm. because guess who else I'm talking to? Me! Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's important to... Really take a look at what you're doing mm-hmm. because sometimes it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's just what I have on that. Yeah, man. I think I think the like you said, the most important thing is just like there's there. I don't even fat fat shaming and telling the truth is completely different. So, things. Yeah. yeah. Fat shaming is like, you know, trying to make fun of somebody or you, for whatever. no reason. But when you telling the truth about these things, um, it's like. It's necessary. And I think that's the conversation we're having here. If you're a person that's drinking every single day, you need to hear this message. If you're a person that is big and you eat a lot of food and, you know, you you and you don't actually I know some people um, eating ass. <laughs> eating, ha- eating ass is actually very healthy for okay. <laughs> zero calories. <laughs> you know how they got vitamin water zeros, ass zero. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Uh, Puerto Rican zero. <laughs> nah, but um, I, I know, like, um, and you, you see these. I think what happens is, you know, kind of through the podcast, I think we become more aware of just the world and, and more importantly, more aware of ourselves, aware of ourselves. So, um, you know, you start to see different patterns in different people. And it's not that you're judging them. It's because, you know, what's go, going on inside, you know, your own, you know, your own mental and your own makeup. Right. Yeah. So I remember seeing my aunt. um, after one of the funerals, you know, we just chilling at the house and she uh, somebody had brought out some candy. Right. She was like she had a she had one and then she was like, mm, this is really good. And then she had another one. And then it was just it was just like what? it was like she was she was getting ready to go in. And I think somebody happened to take like I think my cousin took the bag from her. But you start to see like these behaviors. Patterns, right. And, and my aunt is she's a she's a healthy woman. You know what I mean? And you you see these things and you're just like, yo, man. And, and it just saddens me. And that's why I think these conversations are so important. And I think for her. I think she her her eating habits are connected to something else, right? Yeah. So if she's sad, she may probably she may eat a lot. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? She's feeling a certain what kind of way. She may eat her pain away in a sense. Yeah. And that's the same thing with alcoholism. Like you're kind of it's kind of an escapism kind of True. thing. True. Well, food is complex because it, it could be many things, but we also need to stop um, underestimating the power of food. Mm-hmm. And let me give you a little uh, not really a story, but the the truth. Um, when I was 29, I went on a cut and I lost a lot of body fat. I got really lean. I, got, I probably got down to like 223 pounds or something like that. I lost a lot of weight. Yeah, it was in super good shape. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. a lot for somebody like me because now I'm probably around 270 something right mm-hmm. now. Um, that's crazy to it, think about. Yeah, it's, it's nuts, right? Mm-hmm. So, and here's the thing. Um, the power of food is so strong that when I was dieting heavily and watching what I ate and things of that nature... I would be like, fuck this shit. I'm going to Jack in the Box. I'm starving. So I would get up and it would be kind of late when this usually happened. And I would go to Jack in the Box. I would order a bunch of shit and I get to the window and I'd be like, I can't do this. And then I would drive off. 
This happened three different times. When you were cutting? Yeah, when I was Dang, cutting. Yeah. When I was, I was probably at that time, I probably was around 230 something pounds. I was trying to get my weight down. Mm-hmm. And that happened three different times. Yeah. So don't underestimate the power of food. Food is one of the most addicting, addictive things that exists. It's more powerful than drugs. I've never taken drugs, but I would only assume. Yeah. Like when you're driving by something and you smell those fries, smell mm-hmm. and you smell those beef patties. And you drive by In N Out and you smell those loud ass fucking onions. Yeah, In N Out might have the the loudest smelling onions I've <laughs> ever smelled in my life. Smoking on that loud onions, them onions smell like they got some gas in them. <laughs> you know the cra- the the tough part about food is that it's connected to something we technically need. Yes, there you so, go. You know when you're feeling hungry or you know you you need food to survive. Right. So you know it's it's a tough because you have to do it in moderation. True. I think the difference with that and like alcoholism is that you don't tech you don't you don't need alcohol at all. We no. do need to consume you know water and whatnot. But right. Alcohol is like completely separate. So it's 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 tough. Like you know just kind of finding that balance of like eating not necessarily eating till you you know, over the top fool and right. tell you about to pass out. Like, you know, just eating, you know, eat like you, you always say like eating at a caloric deficit and, you know, just small stuff right. like that. And it, and just knowing what you're consuming as well, you know, knowing what's 100%. on the, the nutritional facts, knowing what's on the back of those things. Right. But also with that kind of, um, I would say reparenting, but I, I can't think of a better word for it, but reparenting yourself as far as like what, what we know to be healthy. Right. Cause sometimes like we used to think like, well, Un- we still like unlearning. Unlearning, yeah. So we, we still kinda think about it, you know, like, well, uh red meat is protein, so it's cool. I need I need my protein, so I'm gonna eat this hamburger or you know or that wait, basically what I'm saying is people can find this fake healthiness in anything. Yes. So I think some of that, like just knowing knowing um you know, knowing what we consume and knowing what is really healthy for us. Mm-hmm. And um, just being mindful of everything that we consume. And I think you yeah. was kind of one of the first people that I ever really seen. Like, you grocery shopping, looking at everything. Oh, this got it? a lot of sodium on the back. I'm putting this back. Yeah. This got, you know, this got too much sugar in it. I'm not I'm not eating this. Yeah. And, and, and all along, like, I'm still a pretty big dude. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I eat fairly health conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, like, today, I, I did something what's called... Um, that you can have what's called a refeed day. And when you're on a caloric deficit, you're not getting a lot of calories throughout the week. So you can pick a day to say, hey, look, I'm going to cram this in one meal. So I, I intermittent fasted. I went like 15 hours without eating. Right. So, I, you know, I woke up, went to the gym, did fasted cardio, lifted weights and shit and got out. And I was just thrashed. Like I was fucking done. Mm-hmm. And I went to a place called Char's uh, Bravo Burgers. And that shit was so good. I went there on purpose Mm -hmm. because as a refeed, it's a caloric surplus. Mm -hmm. It's just a day where you're going to get a caloric surplus out of the rest of the week where you get a deficit. Mm -hmm. So it's just to give your body the glycogen and proteins and fats and everything that it needs. Mm -hmm. Because you can start to feel a little bit weak on a caloric deficit because it's the, 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 the word deficit is the truest thing like to the to the word, yeah. I mean, so, the food is energy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I had a double char burger with fries. That shit was so freaking good, mm-hmm. and it, it also is like a reward. If you've eaten all week, you've eaten decent, you've stayed at a caloric deficit, you've worked out. 
and you eat this food, it's like a reward. If you use shit food as a reward, it's probably be a little more healthy for you. Mm-hmm. You know, one day out the week, you say, hey, I'm going to get five patties. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of eating five patties every day. Yeah. Got to stop this shit, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Switching gears. Um, recently, um, Ebony K. Williams um, breaks up with her fiance for quarantining with his children. All right, let me go ahead and give some more insight on this and pull up that article. Uh, oh, my goodness. What the heck? Okay, here we go. All right. Um, Ebony K. Williams breaks up with fiance. Explain. Uh, it says, the Real Housewives of New York newcomer Ebony K. Williams has revealed why she's now single. She chose to dump her fiance during the quarantine. Ebony K. Williams uh, kicked off the kicked off the first The Real Housewives of New York, New York season as a single woman, but dumped her fiance in quarantine. And we found out why she decided to end the, her relationship. The attorney and news correspondent needed more attention than her fiance was willing to give her. Relationships can be tough, especially in COVID-19 times. Ebony has decided to go it alone for now. Uh, at the first uh, black housewife on The Real Housewives of New York, all eyes are on <clears throat> Ebony. She's a franchise pioneer and the perfect person to join. I know the franchise pioneer. Yeah, I know. This is a bullshit. <laughs> the people that write this shit, they're not they're not really objective about the what they write. The first black woman on what is it? New York? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, whatever. Um <clears throat> uh, Ebony has positioned herself as more of a newcomer. She's a clear standout with personality just a vibrant. Okay, nobody cares about that. <laughs> nobody cares about all that. Uh the record recent show, no longer wearing engagement ring. No, when I was here, five topics. I actually had a ring on. Ebony admitted she continued. I was engaged to be married. I started 2020 planning wedding deposits, vendors, videographer. Okay, fuck all that. Okay, look, they're not getting into it, but the reason why she left that guy um, is because he decided to quarantine with his children and not her. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, there's no real specifics besides that. Um, but let's be very clear. And this is in no way, shape, or form uh, slight to women, but a lot of you guys aren't made to be a wife. You're not wife material. A lot of men aren't husband material either. But a lot of you women that think that, you know, you're ready to be a wife. If you really if you wanted that much attention, then you need to be with a man with no kids. Like, and this is the same thing for a man. If I date a woman that has a kid, I have to accept that her child comes before me. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, there's there's no tug of war there. Mm-hmm. There's no, but you don't, but what about there? You don't need to be with them. You should be with me. If you need that much attention, you're not ready to be a wife. It might be times we away from each other for three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. And you going to be mad at me for not being around you. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, you like, it's crazy, man. I, I, don't, I don't think you should ever be in a situation where that's going on, but I'm going to tell you what really happened because I live in the real world. <laughs> what really happened is the fact that he was with his children quarantining and some women, I'm not saying all, but your mind wonders so much. You wonder what he's doing. You wonder if there's another woman. You wonder what's going on. Not to mention you're in a quarantine alone. You're not getting any sexual healing and you you still got your friends that probably are single that are actively dating, right? Mm-hmm. So in her mind, mm-hmm. she's not getting any dick. She's not getting any affection. Mm-hmm. She's not getting any attention. And she's away from him while he's quarantining with 
his kids. Yeah. So she's watching a world exist around her and she wants to be involved in it if she can't be with her husband. So she said, you know what? I might as well break this whole engagement off. That's what I think really happened. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of time the outside world affects us. Mm-hmm. I think that she probably was seeing a lot of her friends that were still mingling and having fun while she went home. And I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to make it as if she was cheating. She probably wasn't cheating at all. But it wasn't she wasn't built for that type of situation. Yeah, I think I think that um the unfortunate part about this situation is that and we talked about it before, we we only have a few opportunities in our lifetime to really uh, be with somebody that's that's really going to be like a life partner kind of person, right? So the thing about this is Ebony K. Williams is an extremely successful, yeah. extremely successful black woman, yeah. right? She's a lawyer. Um, I don't know if she practices law anymore. She's you know she's kind of turned into a more of a celebrity now, and she's she's on uh, the I'm Joe- a lawyer. <laughs> she's on the show with Joe <laughs> Budden, the State of the Union. Yeah. Um, I think she has a podcast now and then she's also on this, uh, the housewife show, right? Mm -hmm. That's a busy schedule by anybody's, by anybody means. Right. Right. Um, so what happens, um, with the, a lot of men in, in those dating, those kind of women is that both, both sides, you know, women need attention and also, you know, men need some sort of attention as well. Um, I don't think a lot of men would want to be in a relationship with somebody that's just gone all the time. Like it takes a certain type of person, a person and personality to, to be okay with that kind of thing. Right. Right, right. So for her to, you know, who, I don't know how long they had dated prior to that, but for somebody to be, you know, okay with your schedule enough to want to put a ring on it, and then for only for this, you know, quarantine to happen. And we, we at especially at the time, a lot of us didn't know, you know, a lot of people yeah. have um, uh, huge anxiety problems or issues. Right. And, you know, the, a lot of that was heightened during the quarantine. At the beginning, right. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, who knows what was going, was going through his head. But to me, when I'm looking at the situation and we don't have all the facts, but when I'm looking at the situation for you to be for you to be gone, you know, on set all day, you know, doing Charlemagne's podcast, popping up on a breakfast club, you know, probably practicing law and doing different shows and doing the state of the union and, and all these kind of things. Um, and for your dude to rock with you through all of that. And then this quarantine happens and it's then you're like, yo, you know, you stand with your kids. I need more attention. Right. That just sounds, that sounds wild yeah, to me. You, you're not tailoring, you're not tailoring shit to, to deal with yeah. me. Yeah. You're, you're working every, a lot yeah. and you're only getting more and more popular and more fame. Yep. I, I'm going to say something that's a very unpopular opinion, but I can relate because that's partly where my life is. I work a lot. I'm gone a lot for me to have a girlfriend it would be difficult for her because throughout the week, I'm hardly available, mm-hmm. right? So what she needs to do, as long as she has this busy schedule, she just needs to find somebody to fuck. Mm-hmm. That's all you have enough time for. If you're that professional of a woman, don't even expect a relationship at that point, even if you're a guy, because you are putting what your your life's purpose ahead of everything. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's the God's honest truth. That's the reason why I'm really not in many relationships at all. I don't mm-hmm. have time to really. I think that it's some women that should like, fo- like focus their life around. If they focus their life around their career, that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. 
but don't expect too much from us. Mm-hmm. She need to go find her a 26-year-old to go fuck. That's what she needs to do. That young? Yeah, because he ain't going to mind it. Mm-hmm. He ain't going to mind it at all. Go find your 26-year-old dude to go fuck or somebody mm-hmm. that wants to fuck. That's all you can do mm-hmm. if you are constantly busy all the time. Now, people say, well, you know, if the right person comes along, you'll make time for them. Yeah, that's fine. But what you're going to do is you're going to keep reducing them, even if you like them eventually, because you keep choosing your career over a man. Yeah. And I'm not saying you need to choose the man, but you might have to you might have to give a little bit more. Yeah. Because if you take it on all these jobs, then a man is not important to you at all. And and if a man is only important on your terms, you don't want a man. You want to step and fetch it. Yeah. You want a motherfucker that's be on your becking call. And if you want a real man, that will never happen. Yeah. A man that's a decent man will never be at your becking call because we don't fucking do that. Yeah. But if you want to fuck. We could fuck you. But <laughs> whenever we, you whenever we, you finish state of the union. Yeah, once you finish your fifth job, come over and get some dick. And then you, you know, I can give you a Gatorade, maybe get get you something to eat, and then you can go back to your life. That's all you got enough time for. Stop acting like you can have a functional relationship. You can't. I think sometimes like and she, and she's a type of person. I, I know, you know, just from hearing her talk, she she talked a lot about like certain points in her life she was like yo i i don't need a i don't need a man i'm right. a, i'm gonna get a, a sperm donor and i'm gonna have a child and i'm gonna raise it by by myself That's like these ridiculous. are the type of type of things that she was saying so it, it it's just it just comes from you know she's from the south and you know i think she was raised by a single mom so i think she's seen a lot of this stuff and she kind of just took on took on a lot of that so you know that's just her experience right, right. and i think she's changed her tune a little bit yeah um but we just got to realize like where a lot of this stuff is coming from. Like we, we, we aren't, uh, we aren't built overnight. A lot of our ideology is, is, has come from, you know, when she was a little kid and I I forget, she's from South Carolina. I I think she's she's from South Carolina or somewhere in the South. Right. And she's, you know, that, that stuff that she's seen her mom doing on a day-to-day basis, taking care of the family and whatnot, doing a whole nine, um, she that's what she's taking into these relationships yeah, now stop, so stop that shit so um you know it's, it's it's like she she probably has this huge like and even the tone in which she was speaking about the breakup it wasn't like you know unfortunately you know this this you know our relationship ended you know i didn't it, we didn't survive the quarantine it was kind of like you sound like a fucking lawyer yeah it was like yeah he he, <laughs> he he didn't give me enough attention he decided to hang out with his kids so you know bye this kind that's kind of like the tone it's, she had and yeah. it's just like that that's that tone of those those like i said those independent women that probably only need a relationship where People, they just getting dick on i think a lot of women use that term too loosely independent woman mm-hmm. let's be let's be very fucking clear are you a good woman are you listening to this are you listening to this? You deserve a good man. Yeah. Are you a good woman? You deserve a good man. Mm-hmm. Stop acting like you're just going to go at it alone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with that. Stop, like the whole idea, I don't need a man, is destroying a lot of women. We all need somebody. Yeah. And it's not even so much we need somebody. It is more convenient for us. And it is more, it is, I feel like it's, it's beneficial to benefit from a woman mm-hmm. and from a man's perspective it is beneficial from a woman to benefit from a man stop acting like you just i'll just get a sperm donor that's I, I think that's I'm fucking selfish to double down on my point i think we do need because what happens when you live when you like i don't know where 
uh, Ebony K. Williams, like what where her um, where her peak is when she becomes like the best version of herself, right? Right, right. But if she, like I said, she has this ideology that was you know curated to a little girl in the South, raised by you know a single mother, right? Right. There's some stuff that she has ingrained in her that can only be corrected through building a relationship with a man. Because mm-hmm. it's going to be certain things that are brought out from her childhood. It's going to be certain things that are brought out from, you know, just the way she feels about men, the way she feels about relationships and stuff. So in terms of like needing somebody, that's what I mean. It's like for even for me, like in my relationship, I have a certain view on the world and right. I needed a partner to be like, yo, this is not your the way you think is not the end all be all. 100%. There are some there are some other uh you know ways out there and you know doing this is not necessarily beneficial to um being the greatest version of yourself. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. The thing about it though, and this is gonna sound really fucked up. You can say it's sexist. Who cares? But if you are extremely successful woman, you're doing all kind of different jobs. You're doing all that and all of that, right? You're a good woman, all of that. What does that really mean if you go home at the end of the night and you got a, that same big l- bottle of wine and a dildo and a dildo or a vibrator mm-hmm. because you said, I don't need no man. I don't need no man. <laughs> I don't need no man. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to shame women for masturbating. That's fine. I think we all do that. But I think that if you are a person that has value and you have a good heart, you deserve a good partner. Yeah. Stop acting like you can like that. You don't want that. That's the thing that I don't. The whole independent shit is just so loose that women don't realize that they're killing their own joy with some of the. It's, it's almost like we talked about like how that alpha male shit, how men are fucking that up and how women are fucking up the whole feminist idea. Also, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just it's so loose that they're like, I don't need a man for anything. We don't even need you to exist. And it's like, hey. You it's con- a- <laughs> like fucking bad. fucking chill out. Like don't mm-hmm. do that because mm-hmm. I don't shit on the contributions of women. Mm-hmm. This country would be in trouble if we didn't have women. Yeah, right. But it's some women. That I'm independent. We don't need men for nothing. Nothing. Okay, let's be clear. I've I've been hauling fuel for the past four years now. I've seen about three women doing that fucking job. So if you don't need us, that means ain't nobody gonna be driving their car around this motherfucker because ain't mm-hmm. no nobody gonna be getting gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm ain't gonna be no orgasms. No none. <laughs> ain't gonna be no. No, you're right. It ain't gonna be no orgasms because that means it. If your dildos that you put in your <laughs> vagina came off a truck, y'all just gonna be scissoring each other like it'd be nothing going on. It wouldn't be no porn. It wouldn't be no <laughs> dildos. It wouldn't be no frozen yogurt. No wine. Frozen yogurt. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. We, that's got to stop too. The the where you know uh, the whole conversation, the alpha male things, where they just reduce they reduce women down to these peons. Yeah. You know, well, women they would they wouldn't even know how to breathe if it wasn't for a man. And yeah, it, they got that. I hate that. Yeah. Man. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Like what you were saying, there's a super extreme version of that that's just complete yeah. nonsense. Yeah. Like when you when you it's certain stuff as far as like men, you, we we're kind of more mechanically inclined. Like right. you know, we know how to for the most part know how to change tires and maybe right. change oil and you know just check certain stuff on the car. That's right. just but that's really just information. It's not like a skill a skill set that can't be 100%. acquired. Right. 
Um, but when the guys is like, like you said, you can't breathe or you can't go to the fast because men created fast food and you can't do this. You it's just know. like, come on. You wouldn't know how to breathe if it wasn't for a man. <laughs> like, shut the it's fuck like, up. Come on, bro. You, like, when you say shit like that, when you say shit like that about women, though, you have to realize you came from a woman. Yeah. Like, that's what you, you like. Regard- it sounds like you hate women. It sounds like you hate women when yeah. you do that. Right. But sometimes this is why I'm making that statement, because sometimes women say shit and it comes off as man hate. And a lot of man hate has been appropriated Uh in today's culture. And it's been it's been disguised as feminism. That's not fucking feminism. That's Mm -hmm. man hate. Yeah. We don't even need y'all for nothing. Blah, 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 blah. And I just told you, look, I've been hauling fuel. I've seen three women doing that job. Yeah. Okay, so. If I wasn't bringing gas, nobody had no gas. And there's a bunch of women that do jobs. There's pro- the women are nurses are primarily women. Yeah. So we we would be dead out this motherfucker if it wasn't for women doing that job. Mm-hmm. So we have to stop minimizing each other's roles, is what I'm saying. I don't know yeah. if I went on too much of a tangent, but because when you say stuff like that, like with Kevin Samuels, like right. he said he had a whole video where he was like talking to the and what happens with Kevin Samuels is he talks down to women when women are just trying to have a conversation. Right, right, like that's right, right. the super most annoying thing for me. There was a girl right. that was calling him Mr. Samuel. Hey, Mr. Samuel, like she was kind of like, come on, like, why are you being so disrespectful? He was just he's being, like, he's losing he's it. Just being a dick to her. Yeah. Um, he's like, you know, when you when you need a uh, what happens when the electric grid goes off? Yeah. Like, where are you, you going to go? You or seen if, that if, one? Yeah, yeah. If you need some water, where are you going to go? She was like, oh, I'm going to go to Michigan and go to the lake. And he's like, if you go to the lake, you're going to die because if you drink the water, the water is not curated or whatever. He was just going in on her. <laughs> I was like, yo, just shut up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's, you know, what's going to happen to Kevin Samuel. It's gonna be a crazy TMZ rumor of him being gay, and he's gonna pop up with a he gonna pop up with a nigga named DeQuante, a big buff one too. <laughs> oh man! And look, by the way, let's be very clear. By the way, ain't nothing wrong with somebody being gay. Nothing at all. But but hold up. But let's be clear. If you if you have this perspective about women that's so extreme, you need to preface everything that you say with that you're gay. Yeah. You shouldn't be having this mass opinion about men and masculinity mm-hmm. and female nature and all this shit. Yeah, yeah. And you low key like hate women though. Like yeah. sometimes it come off as if he hate women. And it's sometimes where I felt he's giving great information. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't like to kill the messenger. It's uh-huh. about the message, not the messenger. But mm-hmm. a lot of times his message be fucked up too. <laughs> yeah. That nigga be crazy. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I, I got, they got completely lost in the conversation we was having. Um, Oh, Ebony K. But yeah, I I don't want to go. What know. would happen if they had a conversation? Oh, bro, it'd be terrible. <laughs> Ebony K is so strong minded and very smart. They're both smart. Yeah, both. Smart. They're both they're both highly intelligent. But mm-hmm. Ebony K would probably get off the stream because he'd be like, he'd be like, I'm not one of these girls you talk over and talk down to. So you're going to need to chill. Yeah. But then he going to tell her, look at you. You're 38. You're 37 years old. You don't have a man. It's because you've bought into the idea. Ma'am, ma'am, <laughs> ma'am. I'm speaking. Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. I'm speaking, ma'am. Don't talk over me. I didn't talk over you. I didn't talk over you. Don't talk over me. Mm-hmm. And it's like this guy is fighting over himself being right all the time. Yeah, that's I, unfortunate. Yeah, I, I feel like I honestly feel like one of the uh, best qualities anybody could have is admitting when they're wrong. 
Oh, 8 million percent. That's a, that's a superpower. 8 million percent. You know why? Because it makes you more credible. Yeah. If if like you said some stuff, I'm like, you know what, Keith? That's actually a better point. Yeah. And it's because you have to be objective enough to see when you probably are not making sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I go back and listen to the podcast. I'll be like, oh, no, I was wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, you know, Keith made sense when he said that. Or, mm-hmm. oh, this. And it's like you can't get the moment back, but you mm-hmm. you are self-aware enough to realize when you are inaccurate about stuff. Yeah. And me and Keith do this podcast on one take. So at simultaneously, we're talking and also being uh, like very uh, responsible with the mm-hmm. wording that we're using. Mm-hmm. We've never had to edit anything out of these podcasts, 164 mm-hmm. of them now. Mm-hmm. And that's because I don't we've developed the skill of speaking but not speaking and saying some shit that's so fucking left, mm-hmm. you know, that we got to go mm-hmm. back and delete it. Yeah. It'd be some wild. And it's, I, we only say that because it's some of your favorite podcasts are super edited. Yes. They taking out gay slurs, racial slurs. They taking out uh, incriminating information, mm-hmm. all kind of stuff. And we just we sh- straight through. Have you ever listened to this podcast and wondered, like, why there's no there's no skips? Like, let's say, for example, I'm talking to Keith. I'm like, that's crazy. And then all of a sudden you hear laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like, this seems out of place. <laughs> what were they laughing at? Yeah, that's yeah. because we keep I think that. This is the most organic you can get on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, just talking all the way through it, whether it's sometimes it's dead air. Mm-hmm. Like you you hear the fucking police go by. Like if we wanted to be perfectionists, we could uh, always um, cut out the police sirens and the ambulance sirens. Mm-hmm. But why not? Like we're downtown Bakersfield next to mental health, mental health this, problems this, and the police station. Yeah. The Jesus Christ had dreads, man, walking by. Yeah, there's gonna be a motherfucker one day like <laughs> I'm be busted up when it happens to her. Hey! <laughs> hey! <laughs> a Trucker's Mom podcast! <laughs> it's my favorite show! <laughs> and then you go out and say, hey man, thanks, and he just gonna be crazy again. <laughs> like, dang, what the hell? I was I had really been like uh thinking because I was trying to I wasn't uh like actively recording anything in here, but I actually like there was an argument that had popped off outside um, and it was they were I don't know what they were arguing about, but I had recorded some of it. If I don't it's not like podcast worthy, but right, I'll right. probably send it to Eddie later. But uh, they were just arguing outside and I'm like, yo, it's just so loud around here right. that it's not really uh, like the greatest space for our podcast. But no. we're here and we rocking and we're going to make the best of it. Right. Um, but I was like, man, I just I thought like right after that argument, I was like, yo. I can't wait till we got a space where it's noise cancellation. Right. And, you know, you know, we, we go in it's just completely dead silent right. in there. We we got a super quiet air conditioner and just a whole bunch of stuff like that. So yeah, where it's ridiculous. We don't have to there. be downtown or you not. It's not even necessarily about being downtown, but just the space. I'm so glad we don't like live in like Chicago or something uh-huh. on the south side. You'd be hearing machine guns. Go <laughs> I told you I was gonna get you, nigga. He's crazy. Was that a bomb? What the fuck, man? We gotta get out of here. That's funny, man. Oh man! All of a sudden, you hear comment walking down the hallway. Y'all gotta calm down. <laughs> crazy, man. All right, switching gears. 
Uh, Melinda and Bill Gates just got recently got a divorce. Yeah. It's a lot of rich people getting divorces, man. A lot of rich people getting divorces. A lot of rich people, man. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, let's see here. But the reason why she divorced him is one of this is crazy. It just got released uh, this today. Mm-hmm. Melinda Gates had concerns over Bill's possible ties to Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, it says Melinda Gates was supposedly concerned with the soon-to-be ex-husband Bill Gates' relationship with disgraced financer and convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. In the years leading up to their high-profile divorce last week, according to a Sunday report, people familiar with the couple's divorce proceedings and a former employee of the charity, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, told the Wall Street Journal that Melinda's concerns about Epstein went back as far as 2013. Those sources said Melinda told her husband she was uncomfortable with Epstein after the couple met him that year, but Bill reportedly continued a relationship with Epstein despite their, her concerns. It's a picture with Epstein and Bill Gates standing there looking like a fucking nerd. Let me see. Yeah, right here. God dang. Yeah, he's yeah. looking like a perverted nerd. <clears throat> and something's off about fucking Bill Gates. Bill previously played down his relationship with Epstein. The journal in 2019 that he had met him didn't have any business relationship or friendship with him. Uh, Bridget Arnold and, and spokesperson for Bill Gates said that 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 year Gates had met uh, met Epstein on multiple occasions to discuss philanthropy. Bill Gates regrets regrets ever meeting with Epstein and recognized it was an error in judgment to do so. Arnold said at the at the time. Let me be very clear and tell you why that's bullshit. When you are that rich, time is money. You don't spend time around people that you feel you're wasting your time with. And you and you come up with you come up with a quick list of people. Um, you say you want this person, I mean, I guess to team up with them for some form of philanthropy, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're as powerful as Bill Gates, like what does this motherfucker have to offer you that's keeping you around? Mm-hmm. Just being honest. Some of these guys are so full of shit and they're weirdos. I think I think that uh, uh, Bill Gates is probably in there chilling with Bill Clinton. That's what I think. I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. And supposedly Epstein had a picture of Bill Clinton in a dress. Yeah. Bill Clinton was in that motherfucker like, hey, I like this dress. It looks good. <laughs> I wear my dress. Oh, yeah. Playing. It's very, really good. Playing the saxophone and wearing a dress. Yeah, it feels good wearing the saxophone. I'm wearing my new dress. It's fucking weird. Some of the shit that people are into, like, you think that the R. Kelly shit was weird, him peeing on people? There's other people doing weird shit. Yeah. And and it's such it's so dark and behind the scenes, you wouldn't even believe it. Yeah. That, yeah, people have I mean, you you hear a lot of conspiracy conspiracy theories about a lot of these super wealthy people and you know, a lot of these guys are untouchable because they are so wealthy. Um but most people that was connected to Jeffrey Epstein, I feel like they were it was going to it was it was going to get real ugly. Prior to him, you know, I don't know if he committed suicide or if he, somebody killed him or whatever, but it was going to get real ugly. But that that's a sad way to to end a relationship, right? Because when when I thought of Bill and Melinda Gates, the, the first, I wasn't too familiar with their relationship, but I do remember in high school, they had a, like a, they're a huge philanthropist. So they, right, they right. used to give money to um, 
that a huge scholarship fund, like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and right. you would send your essay in and tell your story or whatever, and then they would send you, I don't know how much the scholarship was worth, but it was a f- maybe a few thousand dollars. Um, so that's what I always, I just always connected them to as being like these huge philanthropists. And then to see like, and this just based off of this article, who knows if it's factual or not, but to see that their relationship went into a flame over him hanging out with Epstein. And we all know like, Nobody was doing any good when it comes to just hanging out with Epstein. No, just no, spe- like you got to think like who's like your worst one of the worst people you knew growing up that maybe is like in prison now for murder or something like that. I don't know. I, not I'm not asking you to name it, but just yeah. that that kind of person. Right. Um. And if we were to be hanging around this person consistently, right. we would probably be in the same type of stuff that they're doing. Right. So any of any of the people that I know that have grown up or, you know, I, I know friends that went to prison and jail and right. all kind of stuff like that. When we were younger, we were hanging out. But as we grew older, we kind of separated. And the people that they were hanging out more consistently. Different either, lives. Yeah. Gang members. Yeah. Things of that nature. So. For a guy like Bill Gates to be hanging around Epstein on multiple occasions, spending, you know, long nights at his house, they got pictures together, niggas got Instagram flicks together, all this kind of stuff going on. You, there's no way, shape or form that you're only seeing the good side of this person. Yeah. Right. This is not, I'm not trying to laugh at this divorce, but something, somebody posted a fucking very timely comment that was hilarious. Mm -hmm. And they said, man. The windows closed on that relationship. Damn. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> now his dick is Microsoft. <laughs> oh, man. They said Bill Gates is going to church now <laughs> to listen to the word. <laughs> You know where Bill Gates went to high school? <laughs> where is that? Vista. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, crazy. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a trip. I, I just feel like that lifestyle is being a billionaire is unrealistic. I feel like yeah. um, you, you hear, I would say most of these, at least in, in America, I'm not familiar with like a lot of the billionaires in different countries and whatnot but in america um i don't know of many like long successful relationships um when it comes to billionaires you see like like bezos yeah but they're even more like recent billionaires yeah just thinking about billionaires that have been you know 50 60 70 80 billion dollar uh couples um because jeff bezos broke up you know Bill Gates and his wife. Is I don't gone. think Mark Cuban's not even married. I don't think he's not. I don't, I don't know if he is or not. I think he has a family. Yeah, I, I might be mistaken, but I do think he, oh, he has might. A family. Yeah, I just think that when you get into the billions, there's a certain level of, of obsession that takes every inkling away from your life. Probably yeah. that you're so invested into what you're doing that the idea of love and companionship and that it might it might uh, you might sacrifice some of that. Yeah. You know, if you're a billionaire, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I mean, I could be talking out of my ass, but I don't see any extremely happy. Only one that I see that seems like he's pretty happy and outspoken is Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk. A lot of people really hate that guy now. I, I'm. I don't get it. I'm still trying to figure out the reason why he was just on SNL. Yeah. Um, I'm still trying to figure out the reason why. I think I think when you when you're a billionaire and you you he has a youthful energy to him. He's yeah. kind of cocky as well. Um, but he's just such a. For, I mean, he makes he hasn't necessarily affected my life because I don't have a Tesla or Mm-mm. you know I haven't really consumed any of the the products that he that he sells. But you know, I think he's just trying to make the world a better place. He's just such mm-hmm. a forward thinker, and he's probably going to pass away before a lot all these ideas that he has gets out. But I don't see I don't see what's the what's the big old deal. Tesla gonna come out with a sex doll next. <clears throat> It's going to have a, a whole laptop computer connected to the back of it. We're going to listen to you. Yeah. No, yeah. You know what's funny? <laughs> He's going to create a sex doll for women that don't do nothing but just listen to them talk. Dang. How was your day at work? Oh, my God. This bitch at my job is so annoying. Oh, my gosh. That's going. <laughs> that's going to change the game. You're such the a good person listener. that just listens. Gosh, dang. You're such a good listener. T2074 894 QW. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to change the dynamic of relationships. Yeah. Not, not a whole lot on that whole situation with Bill mm-hmm. Gates. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he's a little strange, man. I, and all I will say is this um, keep your eye on that guy. Because I, I feel like maybe by the end of this year or next year, there's going to be some information that's going to flip his whole world upside down. You know, it's um, I'm not like really on the inside, but, you know, I, like I, I've said it before, but my um, my cousin is married to Warren Buffett's grandson. Right. Um, so I don't be I, I, I be trying I be trying to get the details. You know what I mean? Because Bill Gates is on like Warren Buffett is the biggest donor ever to. uh like the Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, or whatever. Right. <clears throat> However many billions of dollars, um, I be trying to get the, I be trying to get the scoop. Um, but when when I hear them, like when I bring up a name, so for instance, Bill Gates, you you know, for the casual person, you may like, you may be thinking he's a billionaire, he's super smart, he created you know this billion dollar company when he was maybe 19 years old. I don't know. He's super young when he was coding, you know, the word process, all this kind of stuff. Right. So as a regular person, you may look up to them. But what I realized when I started bringing up certain people's names, they don't have the same affinity towards these people as the casual person does. Right. So I just say that to say, like, that's probably because they know these people on a more personal level, if that makes sense. So, you know, that's just just something to think about. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to see um, right now while you were talking about Warren Buffett. I was trying to see his net worth. Warren Buffett. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh Jesus Christ! His net worth is a hundred and nine point eight billion. Yeah. What the fuck? Save some money for the rest of us, bro. <laughs> My God, that's man. a lot of money, right? That's a lot of money, dude. Yeah. That nigga should have paid for our stimulus. <laughs> <laughs> How much was the stimulus? Was it like forty-two billion, wasn't it? I don't remember. I think it was. Mm-hmm. I think it was like forty-two billion or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. This fool had enough to pay everybody. No stimulus. That's Man. crazy, right? And he's and he's ninety years old. 
he just I think he just stepped away from uh from from his uh from all of his businesses. My goodness. Or from running from running Berkshire Hathaway. This dude is old enough to be Joe Biden's dad, man. No, he's not. <laughs> Well, he's, he's yes, 90. Yes, he is. He's 90. He not, what, Joe Biden's what? 76? 78. God, This nigga is old enough to be Joe Biden's dad, bro. That's crazy. All he got, if Joe Biden get out of, all he got to, all Warren Buffett got to <clears> do one day is if Joe Biden tweets something stupid, he'll be like, you my son, bro. Chill out. <laughs> yeah. He could literally son Joe Biden. He's probably <laughs> one of the only ones that can do it. The only living person that can be Joe Biden's dad. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of and a lot of billionaires tend to be a little older too. Who you know who Astrid Minks is? Uh-uh. I think what, the interesting part about Warren Buffett, I think he didn't become a millionaire until oh, his wife. Go ahead. Um, I think he didn't become a million t- millionaire until he was in like his forties. Oh, his wife is young. Let me see. I think I see she was at the wedding. His his wife is seventy five. Yeah, she was at the wedding. I think we got pictures of her on the dance floor yeah. and stuff. That's young for, you know, for a 90-year-old man. Yeah. He looks fairly decent, though, for 90. Yeah. I think the thing, and I don't know, I don't know about his health or whatnot, but I think when you do something you love for the most of your life, right? and he's obviously a person that's keeping his mental sharp, like reading books and, um, you know, studying stock markets and working on investments and stuff. I think that's the kind of stuff that keeps you, keeps you engaged and keeps you young. Yeah, very true. Um, they just report. I hate when they report on what people are doing, like what they're buying. It says Jeff Bezos triple mastered 500 million super yacht to be one of the largest ever. $500 million yacht? That's a lot of money. Are you fucking kidding me, man? I didn't know. All kind of hoes on there. Man. I think that's what happens too. I feel bad for him though, dude. This guy can't even walk through his yacht without getting a blowjob. This is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so, you know, I think fame is unrealistic and being a a billionaire is unrealistic. It is. You have to have so much uh, discipline and willpower to have a billion dollars and be able to. You have the world is at your fingertips. You can do whatever you want to. You can have whatever woman you want to surrounding you. And you got to be stuck with the girl that held you down prior to you becoming a billionaire. Right. This is crazy. It's crazy. You look at some of these photos. I guess somebody shared one of them in this uh, David Geffen's got an Instagram. And you know, who David Geffen is. Mm-mm. Yeah, David, he got 104 million followers. What was that? David Geffen. I guess he's some music executive. I could be wrong, but Geffen Records. I think that's yeah, I think that's him. He has 104 million followers. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know. That's super, that's like up there with like the right. Selena Gomez's. And, yeah. Like that's a lot of followers. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. But I think Geffen has alcohol too. I could be wrong. He's 78. <clears throat> um, he is. Uh, he's only worth 10 billion. I mean, mm-hmm. only my fucking ass. That sounds crazy. Say only yeah, million. Geffen Asylum Records in 1971 with Elliott Records, Geffen Records in 1980, DGC Records in 1990, and DreamWorks and uh, DreamWorks SKG in 1994. This motherfucker's loaded. DreamWorks was with, uh, what's his name too? Uh, Steven Spielberg. The uh-huh. SKG is, I, I don't know who the K is, but the Geffen, the... The S must be Spielberg, the K is whomever, and then the G might be Geffen. Jeez, but I just don't know why he would have 104 million followers. I don't get. I don't. That's re- usually really reserved weird. for like pop stars pop and stars. stuff. Yeah, 
Who knows what the fuck? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. All right. Switching. Imagine being rich and buying followers. I know, right? <laughs> you yeah. spend $2 billion on followers. You know how somebody has fake followers when you, if you look at it and it's a bunch of people from like these random different countries? Yeah. It'd be like Nigeria, Syria. You'd be mm-hmm. like, man, they don't know you, man. Yeah. What is that? Um, uh, oh, okay. Olivia Wilde compares directing films to coming out of the closet. All right, and here's here's a story. Just some perspective for you guys of what people should not be saying. <laughs> they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <clears throat> okay. Olivia Wilde compares directing films to coming out of the closet, slammed by invalidating LGBT community. Um, where is that? Okay. Uh, okay, wow. The contract divorce. It's so much fluff in here. They wrote so much fluff. That's what I was saying. I was know. scrolling through here to find find what the fuck was really going on. Mm-hmm. It's a tweet. Olivia Wilde compared going from acting to directing to coming out of the closet and implied that coming out of coming out is an easy and uplifting experience when it is the hardest and most traumatic thing to do who are closeted will never do in their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Somebody else tweeted, it's simply funny that Olivia Wilde feels like directing is coming out of the closet. Miss Girl, do you have something else to share with the class? <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Wilde compared coming out to transit coming out to transitioning from acting to directing and said some other gross shit. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Basically, I'll just kind of sum it up because yeah. I didn't have the real tweet in there or the quote in there. But basically she was saying when she's transitioning from being an actor, she wants to do more directing. And um, she was essentially saying like when she started directing is very vulnerable, you know, you're, you're putting, uh, like you're bearing your soul out to, to the world as far as, um, you know, putting your art out, art out into the world and stuff like that. And she said that, and, she did, and that's when she made the comparison to coming out. She was saying like me being a director is like, you know, someone coming out. And then that's when all those tweets follow from people that actually had came out and they were like, yo. Coming out for me was not easy. It was not a uh, a glorious experience. You know, some people are coming out to conservative families. Some people are coming out to Christian families. Some people are coming out to homophobic families. And, um, you know, people are dealing with that. And some people are still dealing with that, those type of traumatic experiences. So they felt very slighted that Olivia Wilde would kind of diminish people coming out to somebody directing i don't here's the thing i i don't think that was her intention at all but i think that it was this is how people people don't think when they speak and they don't understand the experiences of others Mm -hmm. like imagine this this is how fucking stupid that sounded imagine somebody's eating tacos and be like oh my god i love carne asada tacos now i really understand how mexicans feel about tacos (laughs) yeah they'd be like what the fuck are you talking about Mm -hmm. what are you serious Mm -hmm. and it's it's the same amount of just ignorance you have Mm -hmm. a lack of understanding of other people's situations Mm -hmm. i don't know how people in the lgbt community feel about that situation because one i'm not gay and two I don't live their reality, so I'm not going to make the assumption that this feels like this when in actuality, I have no fucking clue how it is. Yeah. You got to stay in your lane. Imagine somebody saying, God, I just feel so disrespected. I feel out of place. Now I know how black people feel. It's like, (laughs) no, you don't because you're not black. Yeah. You are a white middle age woman. You have no fucking clue what it's like to be black. Don't do that. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how it feels to be a white guy. Mm-hmm. So why the fuck? Why would I be like, wow, I got first row seats to a football game. I feel like a white man. What the yeah. fuck does that mean? Yeah, yeah. You know how many white guys get bad seats? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a lot of white people in the nosebleeds. Yeah, you in the nosebleed section, man. <laughs> yeah, you ain't never gonna catch a home run over there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like initially when I seen this uh, trending on Twitter, I was because for me. I, I I don't I try to be objective about situations. I don't try to go with the grain because I realize sometimes like even like if a, if a bunch of people are running in a certain direction, that doesn't necessarily mean they're right. So when I seen a thing and it, it came out and, you know, she compared herself and the LGBT community was in an uproar and stuff. I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, you know, it's, it, it didn't seem that bad. And then when I started to read a couple of the tweets and seen you know, people from that community and in one specifically, one of those guys had said like, yo, when I came out, it was a terrible experience. And I was just like, yo, it's, 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 it's not that simple. It's not that easy as far as, you know, comparing some, a directorial debut to uh, coming out of the closet. And it's just, um, it's just like, this is a dumb comparison in general. Yeah. Like there's a better metaphor out there that can, you know, right. that you could describe uh, directed. And I've directed a short film. <laughs> I've directed, you know, a, a couple of things. I've directed like some animated stuff. Never have I ever sat there and was like action. Like, oh, okay. I feel gay now. <laughs> I, I know exactly what it feels like to be gay. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but also what she did... Um, she has said something else, and I, I wish uh, they had, had the quote on there, but she said something else about how she had like a casual lesbian relationship or something like that. Oh and she was God, saying she did up. it until she found a man. She was like, yeah, I had some. She said she had like a soft lesbian relationship oh where she was like, yeah, God. I would kiss and cuddle and, you know, rub on each other's pussies. And She's whatnot. trying to soften the blow of the dumb shit she said. <laughs> She be on some wild. Her name is Olivia Wilde. So she's yeah, saying she, some wild stuff. Olivia Wilding. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was mm-hmm. thinking about how easily the word LGBT rolls off the tongue. Like, yeah. It'd be like a song. Like, yeah. LGBT, baby, you and me, girl. <laughs> it's easy as one, two, three. LGBT. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. They need to really remix that. Yeah, that'd be crazy, LGBT. man. LGBT. Simple as do re me. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. featuring Lil Nas X. Dang. Yeah. And he's twerking on the devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I can, this is why I can't make any comments about the people's gay experiences because, like, we have to be honest about it. The, honestly, you when you if a if a man is gay going about his business, there's gonna be X amount of people to be like, oh man, I can't stand gay people, man. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that do that. Yeah, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are not comfortable around gay people. Like, man, get that gay dude out of here, man. I want to yeah. talk. Yeah, it's a lot of people that do that. So the reason why I'm saying that is if you don't understand that <clears throat> that also comes with their reality, you can't make this. Just this assumption that you know what it's like to be those people. Yeah, I think we we got to stop. I think that's the biggest thing we need to stop doing is trying to assume what we uh, like how other people feel about situations. Yeah, as far you know. as 
Um, and it happens mostly with the majority when it comes to minorities in any situation, whether sure. it's like gay people or Hispanic people, black people. You have a lot of people speaking um, very loudly about what it feels like to be somebody else. Right. It's right, just right. like, no, nah, that's not how it works. I personally am a minority and I don't know what it feels like to be um, a person that comes out of the closet. I don't know what it feels like to have to deal with you know, your family being displaced or there you go. your mom being sent back over the border. There you go. Um, and whatever other plights, you know, what it feels like to be a Native American when you have a, you know, a history of white men stealing your land and, you know, breaking treaties, all this kind of stuff. I don't know what it feels like, but I have um, empathy towards these people and I actually care about you yeah. know, the things that they're going through. But I would never come out and make that dumb comparison. Podcasting is like, you know, whatever, like, you know, trying to demit. It's the or, same <clears throat> thing as working at CNN. It's, yeah. just, it's the same thing as CNN working yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. There's literally no difference. Yeah, yeah. This is it's wild. And it's, I I don't even know, like, what makes her mind go there, though. It's like being a gay trans black man that's gender fluid. <laughs> it's gender fluid. It's just all the same Podcasting thing. Podcasting right? is like coming out of the closet. It's just, it's very easy. You're like, girl, if you don't shut the fuck up. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's some people that are like, well, you know what? Like, they'll have a, they'll have, like, an opinion about, like, look, I'm an immigrant. My parents are Italian. And Mexicans need to stop breaking in the country illegally. And then they understand, you know, that that's not the legal way to do it. And yeah. I'm just thinking, like, yo, you got so much that you don't know, bro. Those are even worse when people feel like they have a similar situation to somebody else, and it's you know, not. especially like the immigrants and stuff. Right. Yeah. I came, my parents came over here and they got their green cards and they have their working visas, all this kind of stuff. So why can't you do it too? It's like, this is a different situation. Like yeah. These people are running from something completely different than somebody that caught a first class flight over here. There you go. And may have gotten some sort of like working loan. There you go. To, to start a business or something. Yeah, we we started from nothing. We got a store started, but you didn't talk about that that uh that big that loan you got. Yeah. You know, like people people are coming here to work, but it's a totally different conversation. There's so many things and layers of a conversation in reality that you don't know. Mm -hmm. But I just think people feel too comfortable speaking about shit that they have no idea about. Mm -hmm. Well, black people have had it good since the beginning of America. Yeah. Like, are you fucking stupid? Mm -hmm. Shut your ass. You have no clue what the fuck's going on. Mm -hmm. But hey, at the end of the day, I would just urge anybody, wherever you lean uh, politically, left, you lean right, whatever you are, before you try to speak of anyone else's experience in this country, Make sure you actually do your due diligence in learning learning about these people. I'm not saying learn from about these people from watching Fox News or CNN. I'm talking about legitimately get out and talk to people. You, I had this thought like um, I was and it, it was a initial it was, it was years ago. Right. And I posted it like on social media and stuff like that. And basically my gripe with uh, entertainment or excuse me, some of the TV that I had been seeing was I felt like um, writers in Hollywood were using coming out or people coming out as gay or lesbian as a plot point. And to me, that that annoyed me a little bit because I feel like um, it should be more casual than that. It's like I was just saying that the most of the people that I know or 
um, a lot of people in the LGBT community, they are living their lives pretty normally. And it's not it's not uh, it's not this this huge deal that they have a boyfriend if they're a boy or they have a girlfriend if they're a girl or whatever. Um, so I was saying, like, in my mind, I was thinking that one of the best ways that we can make this more normal or make it more casual is to stop making um, these uh, TV shows where the the girl has a boyfriend for the whole uh, show and then at the end she kisses a girl and then all of a sudden they're madly in love and then they run yeah. off and get married, right? Yeah. So that was my gripe with uh, with a couple of these, these shows, especially like some of the superhero shows that were on the CW. Um, and what I did was I, 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 I kind of wrote a, like a thing and I have uh, posted it or whatever on social media. And then what I did after that was I asked people that were gay and I, you know, I had a conversation with them. So I say for anybody that has these grandiose ideas about another community or, you know, if you have a um, an opinion about how. Uh, black people move or what they should do in a black community, like reach out to some of your friends and ask them like, hey, am I on the right track with this thought process? You know, like I feel like in the black community, they can do this better. They can do this better. How do you feel about me saying that? And if you have that conversation and you you might um, come to a better understanding, you might be on the right path. You might be on the wrong path. You might find out some information that you didn't know. Um, and I say that to say, like when I had that conversation, um, I had some real insight because these are people, you know, that are part of that community. And some people appreciate those those type of coming out uh, situations because that is their experience. And some people are like, well, some people agree with me, like, yeah, I understand it. You know, we we need to be more casual about um, these situations. So 100 percent, 100 percent, Keith. Um, and I think that it's safe to say we'll close out that conversation with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just be cognizant of what's, what's coming out of your mouth, please. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll close it with this one. Um, switching gears. Um, since it's mental health month, um, me and Keith kind of had this take and we could speak from experience that worrying about your mental health or considering it is a privilege. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's a privilege is because when you come from like a poor or poverty stricken area or time you the last thing you're thinking about is your mental health because you you're working a job that you probably don't like at all you're barely making any money so money is still a problem like you're working a job while actively being poor at the same fucking time or your parents were doing that and it's kind of a cycle that's repeated itself so in between all that time you never have time to worry about your mental health Mm -hmm. you don't i think that it's a privilege and people don't realize it Poor people don't have money to pay for therapists. No, no way. <laughs> Poor people. Don't I still ha- can't afford a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is expensive. I'm out here going through it. God damn. Uh, but we got me and Keith got each other to bounce off of and yeah. talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would be kind of pissed off. I pay for a therapist, and they just like, and how does that make you feel? <laughs> I feel mad. I want a soccer bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the police pull up and arrest you. <laughs> that was crazy yeah it's certain stuff you can't say around therapists because they can't get the police involved mm-hmm. you know it's supposed to, i didn't know i thought it was supposed to be confidential yeah, it's confidential unless this could inflict bodily harm on other people yeah you go to the therapist and say at 5 p.m i'm going to walmart I got, oh yeah i got you i yeah. got 20 rounds of ammo and i got a gun 
And I just, I, I don't want to do it, but I think I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then the, then he's going to say, so which Walmart are you going to be going to? <laughs> How does that make you feel? Get to the ground right now. <laughs> Police dogs and shit coming in there. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I totally got it. <laughs> Fucking sidetrack. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that um, when you come from poverty, you're worried about surviving. I think that when you get to a position where you're making decent money, um, you ain't got to be rich, but you make decent money. You start to consider other things because now you have the convenience of not being as worried about bills yeah. and other things. Mm-hmm. And now you could be now you start reading more books mm-hmm. and you start getting more information and you start listening to Trucker's Mind podcast. There you go. It's good for your mental health. Good for your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, besides just the random loose talks about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you start Pussy juice. And you start working on yourself. Mm-hmm. We didn't hear that. We keep saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you start working on yourself and you realize that you want to get better and you go you're going to go where your mind will allow you to. Yeah. So you start to invest in your mental health. You not only go to the gym, but you go see a therapist. Um, You start doing hot yoga and shit Mm -hmm. like that. A person that's broke can't, don't even think about hot yoga. They barely got cold yogurt. They don't know what the fuck, (laughs) they don't know where the fuck their next meal's coming from. That was a good wordplay right there. There you go, bars. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think, I think the most important thing that um, pretty much anybody in America right now could do is learn um, learn their privileges. Yeah, because <clears throat> I think even with, even even in my uh, romantic relationship, I I see certain things, and we come from two different walks of life, so I see certain things where. You know, I have to like let her know, like, yo, this is like you speaking from a place of privilege. Not everybody is afforded those same luxuries. Um, And, you know, kind of taking it back to the mental health thing. Just think about, you know, the way our uh, like even my mom, for example, her she has a her back is deteriorating. Right. And she still has to work. So not only mental health. You know, and we'll get back to that, but just physical health, too. And just and a lot of people equate mental health to just health. You know what I mean? So just thinking about that, my my mom doesn't have the luxury of, you know, just taking some time off of work. You know, she has to work through the pain oftentimes or if she do call off of work to go to the doctor or something, it's it's a last resort. Like, yo, I I can't physically deal with this pain anymore. Let me take a day off to go get some, uh, go get a shot or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, to to help me be able to manage myself for the rest of this work day or this work week. Um, And that's the type of stuff that we we go through. You know, you think about, um, we talked about the guy at that job that was uh, like punching himself in the head because he he worked at the hotel or whatever. I'm sure he 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 probably needed a day off of work to yeah. to to recoup or whatever. But I'm sure the, the bills the bills don't stop, and that's the um the the point that we're trying to make is yeah. that when what money uh, affords you the luxury of just letting your shoulders down. Yes, because when we when we broke and we're constantly trying to catch up, 
you just you you work in your five days a week or however many days a week um, and you're digging yourself out of this hole and you don't you're not concerned about your physical health. You know, that's just, you know, I, especially like I have friend, a friend in the oil field who lost something like two of his fingers. He got his fingers chopped off. And because he got bills, he got mouths to feed the whole nine. He's still working out there. And um, that's just the type of uh, the type of system in which we grew up in. So I, I would just hope that these people that even suggesting seeing a therapist is, is almost not even the right thing to say, because there's some people that is like, yeah, I would love to see a therapist, but yeah. it's like, I can't afford that right now. Right. You know I mean? So, and then somebody <clears throat> from a place of privilege would be like, "Well, you say you can't afford it, but you really should invest in this." And it's like, don't yeah. tell some people to invest and they ain't got no fucking money. Yeah, I've had people do that to me before, and I was like, I was broke, barely had enough money to pay for fucking gas, and they're like, "You should invest in this and then invest." Stop making an assumption that might mean you live the same life. Yep. We don't. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the difference. <clears throat> money does afford you a lot of it. I think money allows you to have more of a clear view of the world mm-hmm. because you could put your shoulders down. Like Keith said, it doesn't change everything. You still got internal shit that you need to fix and update, but you can fix those etern- internal things when you have the convenience of money to do it. Yeah. When you don't have the convenience of money, then you just fucked. You got bad mental health and you ain't got no money. Mm hmm. Let me be very clear what it feels like to not have anything. What sucks. I thought I talked about this before. It was a time where I was so broke and I liked this chick a lot and I wanted to take her out. But at like the last minute, I made an excuse and said and said something. But the truth was I was too broke to take her out on a decent date. Mm-hmm. So you could lose out on on opportunities like dates or shit like that just by not having money yeah yeah like when when you take a woman out on a first date or whatever date and you and you and you pay for stuff and you you feel good as a man to take care of a woman in that situation yeah but when you broke as fuck you got nothing i can't feel good like that my self-esteem is lower Mm -hmm. all kind of stuff i don't feel right yeah i was telling eddie um before the podcast um my girl has she has this thing where she's like pushing she wants to like push black people to be outdoors and you know go on hikes and be in nature and you know just smelling fresh air and right. be under the stars and all this stuff and um she's and she had listened to this podcast um and i i I remember some of it vaguely, but part of it was saying due to the fact that um black people um, have historical traumas associated with being outdoors. Uh, she was saying like, you know, oftentimes in history when a black person was out alone and they weren't surrounded by, you know, their, their home or their family or whatever, they may have died. You know, they may have been lynched or something like that. You know, if it's, you know, you, you may be out in the woods or something like that and a white person rose up on you, they could kill you and there would be no repercussions or whatever. So that was her thing. And she has, she had a couple other points. Right. Um, and I had, I had heard that and I was, I was a little bit skeptical when I initially heard it. Right. Right. But piggybacking off of this conversation that I had with Eddie, um, it dawned on me. I was like, black people don't hike and camp because niggas is broke. Yeah, like it it don't have nothing to do with this historical trauma and, you know, black people being afraid to be outdoors. And like, you know, there's a instinctual behavior that they're trying to, you know, 
you know, not be out in the open like that and exposed. It's like, because I was thinking about it. We had went out of town. I was like, yo, this is a, an expensive trip. Right. You got to travel three, four hours. You need a tent. You need gas money. You need food to survive. If you tr- if you going for yeah, maybe a three uh, a two day weekend or whatever, you need food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, for multiple people. If it's a family, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for four or five people. Um, you know the uh, different amenities as far as like you might want some sweets, some uh, some s'mores or something like that. You also need toiletries, the whole nine. This yeah. is expensive trip. That that could be anywhere up for from like six, seven. You might be spending yeah. six, seven hundred dollars yeah. over the course of a couple of days, Fast. and that's on the low end. Yes. So I'm like, that's why I was just saying like the most important thing we can do is understand that. Um, a lot of the uh, amenities that we have the luxury of uh, of having Everybody's is, is not afforded. Yes, we're coming from a place of privilege. We are privileged even to have this podcast. Like 100%. we got a space that's cool. We got laptops, microphones, the whole nine, and it's not it's not it's not a uh, it's not hindering anything outside uh-huh. of this. Like you know, we could still afford to pay our bills. Right, we could still um, afford to live our life. This nigga Eddie can still take girls out to get some tacos. Whole nine, it's still good out here. So just, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think that we don't we don't consider, um, you know, what like if we even have a privilege, we just assume that everyone else's life is like that. Yeah. Like I remember somebody like this is why it's important not to compare yourself to people because they'll look at your life and be like, oh, I don't see why you don't have a house. You know, mm-hmm. you should have a five. Be- you shouldn't have anything less than a five bedroom house, man. You got to get a house. Yeah. And it's like, man, how about you shut the fuck up? Right. Right. Like I'm doing I'm doing me like, yeah. I, you know, I'm a I, what's the word like a minimalist. I don't need a whole lot. Yeah. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So it's like is people having they're they're putting their um, I don't know, their, their reality of something. Yeah. On a, like in a blanketed way. Yeah. And the thing about it, too, is it's truth be told is the wealth gap in America. Don't listen to me, folks. Do the research. The wealth gap in America does come from systemic racism. Oh, I know you don't want to hear that word. Mm-hmm. S- systemic racism exists only because it's a system that um, it afforded wealth to white people and mm-hmm. not blacks. And they say, well, everyone has the same opportunities now. That's a fact. They mm-hmm. do. But if you have a motherfucking 400 year head start. Yeah. And this other group of people have not been afforded the opportunity to gain wealth that whole fucking time. There's going to be a group of people that don't have it. Yeah. And then and then when black people started to have it, mm-hmm. it got burned down in, in Greenwood, mm-hmm. burned and bombed in Greenwood. Mm-hmm. So you have a historical context of blacks being suppressed, even in the housing market. You know, the suburbs was created to redline. Look up the word redlining. We talked about it many times on air. Mm -hmm. Redline people of color that did not allow them to move to the suburbs. Right. Mm -hmm. And and not until 1968 was that illegal. Mm -hmm. And it's 2021. So when you think about, oh, why don't black people do this? A lot of black because a lot of them are in poverty. We only (laughs) represent 13 percent of America. And and there's a thing called the top 1% of America, and there's not a bunch of us that are in the top 1%. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to be in the top 1% to go camping or nothing. But even the middle class is getting fucked. Yeah. The middle class ain't even the middle class no more. Mm-hmm. The, middle che- the middle class is the paycheck to paycheck class. Yeah. 
they the, the, the middle class ain't even real no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I think uh, uh, it, it, you know it's interesting I was thinking about um is a little bit of a tangent, but I was thinking about how after George Floyd died, a bunch of these companies had came out and it was yeah. like, yeah, because we had got Ben and Jerry's and Ben and Jerry's has like this Colin Kaepernick ice cream. Yeah. And we were talking about, he's like, yeah, Ben and Jerry's is Afro flavored ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a vegan ice cream, which is pretty good. But um, we were talking about how um, like a lot of these well, we were talking about Ben and Jerry's and how it was like, yeah, they're, they're doing a lot of support. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, I got to see it, see it. And I was like, oh, they do have the Colin Kaepernick ice cream and, you know, certain uh, proceeds go to certain places and stuff like that. And then I was like, a lot of companies had came out after that and they said, we're donating $2 billion to historically black colleges or we're doing this, this, and this and that. And I don't hear a lot of that anymore. I know Bank of America came out and said they were donating money. I think PayPal came out and said they were donate, donating money um, and a bunch of other companies. And for, for me, I'm a black business owner, so I should have been afforded a lot of these different luxuries. But right. I know um, some of the funds had withered away pretty quickly yeah, when like, I went to going? log on. Yeah, I went to log on and I had I did get a grant from Facebook. So I appreciate that. But other than that. Um, the PayPal, the Bank of Americas, and all these different companies, I, I haven't heard anything the, about The problem, I, this is honestly, it's coming from, I don't know how much compassion comes from these big corporations, but if this, like, I think that all it was was that George Floyd situation appropriated giving up those funds, because before, they weren't doing that shit. Yeah. They weren't doing it, and a lot of these big corporations directly benefited from slavery and should have paid black people Fucking over a hundred years ago. Time ago, yeah. Yeah, and oh, how did they benefit? You mean like using slaves as collateral, literal collateral? Mm-hmm. Like you know how people can use your house as a collateral? They use human beings, banks, use human beings as collateral. Mm-hmm. When somebody didn't make good on a loan, mm-hmm. they took fucking the humans. Slaves, yeah. And these people, the crazy thing about it is, is there is a history of a whole like Wachovia, a whole bunch of other companies mm-hmm. that have done this, and now they're like, "Yeah, this is wrong." Uh, due to the current events, we want to let our black community know that we stand with them. And it's like, "All right, man, you don't stand with me. Give me a check." Yeah, give me a check, motherfucker. Yeah. The funny thing too is these companies are well researched, all of them, so they understand that the origin of their fucking company came from slavery. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about it, like the whole um. Who should pay reparations? Mm-hmm. I said, yo, it's pretty simple. These mm-hmm. companies wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for slavery. These motherfuckers got to pay somebody. And the thing is, like, well, who do they pay? There's no active slaves. Nobody. You didn't. You, you, you didn't. Um, you, your family, you weren't affected by slavery. Mm-hmm. Everybody was affected by slavery. Everybody. Mm-hmm. White yeah. people was affected. Black. The, all of America directly was affected. affected yeah. yeah, directly affected. Mm-hmm. The, the lack of. The lack of a black empowerment in America, the lack of ownership. Yeah. I wonder how many black people in America own a bunch of land. Probably hardly fucking none. Just a few. Just a few. Mm -hmm. And one of his name is Steve Harvey. (laughs) Yeah, he got a lot of land. He got a lot of land. I was thinking like somebody, even some of these banks sound a little sketchy as far as like sounding a little bit like they did have something to do with slavery. Yeah. You think of like Chase. Yeah, like chasing slaves, chasing slaves. <laughs> Get back here, boy! 
Uh, Wells Fargo, even that logo looked like it was like 50 Slade. They probably they probably drew out the logo and back in the day, like in instead the of horses pulling it, it was it black slaves pulling this pulling that fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, and they just remixed it to make it more modern. On the, yeah. yeah. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Well uh instead of Wells Fargo, uh Wells Life Cargo. <laughs> Wells Life Cargo. <laughs> Shit, crazy man. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Bank of America used to have uh like the little flag, but it was a Confederate flag. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Oh man. Yeah. yeah so right, what's another bank? So hilarious know. how we wing it. Uh, <laughs> you got Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase Bank, you got fucking uh what's Golden One, but that's that's not a uh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, that's not a popular bank. Yeah. What's it? Uh, yeah. What is another really popular bank? That's not, all I can think. Because we right downtown. Yeah. Not so Robber Bank ain't very ain't that important. Yeah, do we even bank. have one here anymore? I think we still do. Do we? No, it turned into um the something like a dumb name. Remember? No, I'm not talking about the Robber Bank Arena. I'm talking about the actual bank. No. So it took over. The the bank, I don't know how it's all connected, but it's all connected. So mm. when they change the name of the, the actual all building, that yeah, the, all the other banks from, that were rival banks turned into whatever that wow. was. It's something like Workers Arena, something like super lame. Stupid. Yeah. There's so many. Um, back in the day, I remember when that first got built. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it used to only be that, you know, the auditorium that's next to it? Mm-hmm. I forgot. What, what's that called? Um... I'm not sure. I know it's right between the the hotel yeah. and, the, and the yeah. Yeah, the auditorium's sure. been there for a while. Yeah, we had a. It was called. We had a prom. We had a form or something. There. I had my uh, junior high graduation there. Yeah, I had that too. Um, now <clears throat> back in the day, I remember when it first got built, and people were paying for those bricks. You know those bricks that are in the ground. Yeah, they paid for them and they got them put down there. Yeah. Right? Um, but there's a funny story about those bricks. I'll get into that in a minute. But it was called Centennial Gardens back yeah, then. Yeah, I remember that. It's when it, Centennial Garden is a good name. It sounds yeah, like something. Sounds like something, mm-hmm. right? But the funny thing about those bricks is an army tank came out here. Not an army tank. It was a Humvee. Mm-hmm. And they accidentally drove it into the bricks and they broke them and fucked it up. All of them? Yeah, almost all of them. They drove over them and broke it. What did they do? And did the they wa- replace you, it? you know how there's a water fountain that goes up right there? I don't know if they replaced it, but they drove. They broke a bunch of that shit up. That's crazy. It was on the news, man. What an idiot! I mean, it was a military guy. I don't want to call him an idiot. Well, you know. Thank you for defending our country, sir. Saving our lives and just you know, kind of stupid. Saving our lives and breaking our bricks. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts, man. Oh, um, we got to start making like little suggestions for people that follow the podcast. I have a very strong suggestion. For mm-hmm. all the listeners, is go out and and I I would say like for the book readers, people love reading books, which is fine. But I strongly suggest you go out and and buy the audio book "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. That is one hell of a you fucking listen, book. I got two hours left in the in, in nice. the in the book, and I purposely <clears throat> stopped it so I could listen to the rest of it while I'm driving. Mm-hmm. But he has an, a, just an amazing story, man. Yeah, uh, this is an amazing story of overcoming a lot of odds. You know, not only as a Navy SEAL and, yeah. and, and service guy, but growing up in Indiana, very, in, 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 I think it was Brazil, Indiana, very racist part mm-hmm. of this country. So 
he was growing up going through that but he talked about how that's not an excuse and how everybody's not racist and shit so you can't use that as like an excuse to just be a nobody like he Mm -hmm. was making a lot of profound points in the book yeah Um, and not to cut you off but i had this thought over the weekend i was thinking like you know um and it is not a new thought i'm not saying something super profound but Mm -hmm. um Kind of going along the lines of, you know, your thoughts are are your reality. Right, um, right, 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 right. So uh, there's this one person that I know and they have their their mindset is very negative when it comes to being successful. Uh, this is a person that would say like, yo, I, I'm not I'm not ever going to be rich. I'm not ever going to be super wealthy. I'm not ever going to be I'm, there's not ever going to be a time where I have like twenty, thirty thousand dollars just in my bank account, just chilling. Uh. Um, and you realize like they are in that position primarily well, because of the way they think. A million percent. Yeah. So just thinking about it, a guy like David Goggins, like his mentality is everything. If you yeah. think if you think and, and I was saying this too, like. I, I know people, These there's a lot of people that are like, they have this uh, glass half empty view of America. Right. Like the white man is holding me down. Yeah. You know, the white man won't let me do this. White man won't let me do that. And it's just like, these people are the type of people that will never be successful. Yeah. Because it, it may be true. You know what I mean? It may be, it may be the case where the white person is trying to oppress you, but because you believe what they're doing, then you're just going to be the average Joe that's, you know, uh, going to be in that position for the rest of, uh, for it, the, rest of your here's life. the problem, though. When you say the white man, you're making a generalization when in actuality uh, the white man is not oppressing you. There is a system of systemic racism that is a system without the racist. Mm-hmm. So you are more likely in this generation to have the white man that will invest in your fucking business. Mm hmm then the white man is going to be like, you're black. I don't want to invest. Yeah. In uh-huh. So you have to change the way you look and view shit because mm-hmm. it's not an excuse. He also made that point in the book. He said, you know, you, if you're whether you're black or you're gay or you're whatever the fuck you are, that's not an excuse at the end of the day. If you're not making progression, it's your own fucking fault. Mm-hmm. And it's the truth. But it's some people that will comfortably use that as an excuse and say, man, I'm black. Ain't nobody trying to give me no job and this and that. Yeah. And then you'd be like, okay. And then they watch you continue to succeed and continue to grow. And then they just sitting there stuck. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, you took the road. You took the easy way out. You just gave up. That's the easiest way. Yeah. Facts. I, I think like I always tell people like I have a certain skill set and I have a certain, you know, natural talent for a lot of things, but I'm not that special. Right. Uh, There was a Gambino had a, uh, he was doing an interview and he was saying a lot of people hit him up. This is years ago though. He's like, a lot of people hit him up and they're asking, what camera are you using? What, you know, what microphone are you using? What, what, what beat making machine are you using? And he's like, all of that don't even matter. The people are asking um, me this because they're looking for some sort of Quick. magic. Yeah, yeah. They're trying. They're trying to figure out like what what separates me or whatever I'm doing or you know me recording on this mic versus him recording on that mic or him making a beat on that or that. He's like, no, that all that has nothing to do with nothing. He's like, right. they just don't put the work in. He's yeah, like, at the 100%. end of the day, you got to put the work in, and um, that's that's what really separates people out here that are talking about the white man oppressing me and you know, I would never make a hundred thousand dollars and all these kind of these, that's what separates those people from you know, the people funny. that are, 
You know, it's funny. It'll be do be like a black dude saying that the white man impressing them, and then all they date is white girls. <laughs> <laughs> the white pussy ain't impressing. Yeah. White pussy must feel good if you're out here still. <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to stop with that Martin Luther King. That's not cool. Yeah, that, a lot of people don't know that he actually had a white girlfriend. Martin Luther King legitimately had a white girlfriend. Yeah, they had that documentary. I seen. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't know if it was a documentary. It was more or less just like a. Uh, it was like a mini doc, mm-hmm. and I guess how he wanted to go public, and she told mm-hmm. him like, "You can't do that." Mm-hmm. But she seemed like she legitimately loved Martin Luther King, but she yeah. just like, "We can't go public." Yeah, she was right though. And at that time, no way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't, we would have not had no civil rights movement because Martin Luther King would have been gone. Yeah, Malcolm X had to drop the white women to really make. Yeah, know, he was him too. He was messing with white girls back in the day. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, look, ain't nothing wrong with white girls. I've had my fair share as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think it's hilarious when you think about civil rights leaders and they're just so pro black. Yeah, nobody would believe that Martin Luther King had a white girlfriend. Yeah, they would just think that everything is all the way black. Yeah, that's the type of stuff you want to wash away. Yeah, there was a there was like a a picture of uh, like an interviewer or like a reporter. It was this white woman. She like she was pretty young, mm-hmm. and she was like standing there when Martin Luther King was talking, and she was like smiling at him, and he was like smiling right at her. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh shit, that nigga was probably blowing her back out. He's like smacking yeah. her little white cakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Desmond would say. <laughs> <laughs> Your brother. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Hey man, you know, by any means necessary, <laughs> get the civil rights movement going on. That's crazy. Oh man. Yeah. Well, it looks like we came to the end of this episode, man. If mm-hmm. you made it to the end of here, man, we appreciate you for listening. Uh, thank you for listening to a Truckers Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. Out of here. Peace. <laughs>